What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. Give me a thumbs up if the audio is all good. And Cody, how about uh, how you doing? How's your audio? Uh, everything sounds fine on my end, man. Uh, I'm feeling wonderful tonight. As always, the chat room is lit with all the faithfuls, Underground West, Tommy Doc Martin, RT1981, Ken Die, the Den Mother herself, Susan Dins, Tony Dunn. We have a ton to talk about. And nothing to it but to do it, man. Let's roll. We're hanging out in the Vivid Seat Studios. It's the C3 Panthers podcast, and tonight's show is Buck the World. CMC is MVP. It's episode 19.36. We've got a good show. We're going to be talking about the continuation of the Panthers' win streak now. It's a win streak. 3-0 and makes it a streak. 34-27 yes, win in what had to be the best game of the season for fans. We've got that. We've got a preview of the Tampa Bay game in London with Ren Dax from the Pewtercast. He's co-host of the Pewter, Pewtercast podcast. Uh, Gene from Buck What You Heard was a little busy tonight, so we've got some other uh, input. We'll get his later on, too. We got Rafael Esparza later on. Um, and don't forget, guys, if you are going to a game this season like we did this past, past weekend, check out Vivid Seats. They will get you the ticket you need for the price you like. Use the promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases for first-time customers. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. And remember to call the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. And they can't see anything because I didn't change to the slide. Ah, well, scenes adjusted. Now my beautiful mug with my Minshew mustache coming in. Right is is up there for everybody to see. Cody, they got to smash the thumbs up button. They got to go get an I Stand With Cam t-shirt. They got to get a Keep Pounding t-shirt. I know you got one this week. And uh, did you have a good time at the game or what? Dude, I had a wonderful time, man. I will remember that for the rest of my life. Incredible time. Got to hang out with my boys. It was a super fun game. Uh, came down to the wire. Our cardiac cats, as always. Dude, I don't even mind the third-degree sunburn. It's probably not third-degree <laughs> But, dude, I don't even mind it. It was worth it. Fantastic time. Uh, man, so much to talk about. Christian McCaffrey is incredible. I got to see it with my own eyes. I loved it, man. It was incredible. 
let's go ahead and jump into the show before all these people kill me in the comments. They're killing me, and Josh is coming after me. One day, you know, um, I'm gonna <laughs> I, I'm gonna challenge Josh to mass from a jump on a table off a bridge contest like the Buffalo Bills fans have, and I'm gonna make him jump, and I'm not going to. Did you see that video? <laughs> Oh, that's my ice up pick. I got my ice up pick for the day. It's a great one. Oh, I have one. a few of them in the holster. Oh, I have to gosh. determine which one I'm doing. Hang around for the ice up picks. That's the longest running segment. Let's go ahead and start the show off, guys. I think number one, the number one topic should be CMC. And I got to say this, CMC is MVP, and I don't care what the league says. I know he's the most valuable player on the Carolina yeah. Panthers at this moment. Um, so McCaffrey is just killing it, man. What do you do? Uh, this is what Olson said after the Jacksonville right game, which Jacksonville had one thing to do, Cody, one thing mm -hmm. to do. Stop Christian McCaffrey. That's it. Couldn't do it. They couldn't, couldn't do, do it. it. And this couldn't is what Greg, uh, Greg Olson said. I don't know if ever in my career, I've heard the same play call so many times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? That's what Christian uh, McCaffrey mean, said. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. When you have a player that dynamic, I mean, listen, I know I was hard on Ron Rivera and North Turner for how many snaps uh, they were making Christian take, running them into the ground. I, I don't know if it's the best plan for his long-term health, but damn it, dude, this is McCaffrey's offense right now. I mean, we're using him to be the beginning, middle, and end of our offense. I mean, He's the most important player on our team. Maybe the most important player of any person in the NFL. A lot of people think he's the MVP, even though it's a quarterback award. Man, I don't know. I don't know how you don't vote for a running back carrying his entire offense uh, to be the MVP. He's on track to have 2,771 all-purpose yards. Are you serious? The man's on another level. This would um, beat the NFL single season record of 2,509 yards by Chris Johnson in 2009, I believe. Yeah, I read that too. Chris Johnson, uh, East Carolina alumni, right? Uh, poor guy. Uh, well, fast, very fast, very fast. Fleet of foot. Super Maybe fast. not fleet of mind. But, all right, so... When it comes to McCaffrey, he's doing everything. I mean, you actually saw him have his most productive game, arguably, and he took a series off for I'm the first it. time in three years. He took yeah. a, a quarter. And, uh, Did he take a whole quarter off? And he was blaming himself for it, too. He was cramping up in the fourth quarter, and he said, man, I have to be better. I have to, I have to hydrate myself better. And Eat some bananas, put, brother. Yeah, he's already putting it all on himself, man. Uh, the dude is the definition of a team player. Uh, he's a workhorse, man. He has worked his entire life to do what he's doing right now. And, oh. I mean, it's a testament to hard work and genetics, man. That dude has a family bloodline. RT1981 asks, who's faster, Prime Smitty or C-Mac? I tell you this, I don't, I don't know if um, – I would say Dante Jackson – but when it comes to Christian McCaffrey, I saw this tweet that they did something like he ran 22 miles an hour or something on that 56-yard mm -hmm. run, which is he's, something like four, uh, 
faster than anybody and any it's the fastest play the league has seen this year is what i saw on twitter yeah and then i heard uh matt breeder beat it last night though by like just a percentage of a mile an hour really? that's what i heard yeah that's what they said on on sports center but yeah man dude at 22 dude that's hauling ass bro uh, dude, uh, Christian McCaffrey is one of the most dynamic players that this team has ever had, man. And, and that includes someone like Cam Newton on the football team. Man, the, the prospect of both of them healthy and playing their best football at the same time, man, that's what Panther dreams are made of, man. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to see that happen. I floated this idea at the game and in the postgame show. I, I, you know, Christian McCaffrey, there's no question how valuable he is to this team. And with the uncertainty of Cam's future with the Panthers. Now, do I want him to not be a Carolina Panther in the future? No, not that. What I'm just saying is this. We really don't know what Cam's future beyond this first contract is just yet. Right. We have some reasons to believe some be optimistic for this season still. But we do have a good reason to believe. We know that Christian McCaffrey's got two more years with the Panthers with the fifth-year option. We know that we believe that for the next three years, you know, that you could see him easily doing this for several years. He is our very own Marshall Falk, in my opinion. Cody, I think we should go ahead and pay him now. Make him the highest-paid running back in the league today. You know, they, they did that when Carson Wentz. They're probably going to do that with Mahomes. Um, the fact that we're even talking about doing that for a running back. I mean, Christian McCaffrey has the opportunity to change the running back market forever. I mean, he's, I mean that, that's the kind of stats and numbers that Christian is putting up. And, yeah, man, I, I mean, I want to hear the opinion of our chat room as well. But, man, I mean, would you prefer to pay him now and, uh, you know, maybe get ahead of that curve before the market just booms even further? And it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. They're going to have one of the most dynamic players in the NFL as their primary weapon for years to come, for another four or five years. I'm on the same page. I said you sign him now. Uh, Your boy, uh, Marty Herney, needs to make it happen. RT1981 says, I hope a hernia extends him in the offseason before he gets really pricey. I say go ahead and do it now. Good faith to him. Secure him for the yeah. next three years. Pay him a boatload. And um, and then you can everybody can feel good about it. Now, the, the question and the problem would be, does, does Carolina and David Tepper ultimately play hardball with Christian McCaffrey saying this, taking advantage of his personality, Cody, potentially thinking that, hey, um, he's not the type of guy who would hold out, right? He's not the type of guy. He's a guy, you know, I don't know if that's stereotypical. I don't believe it. I'm just saying this is that do you play hardball as an organization and just do it the straight away and take the two more years and get three after that? I mean, listen, he's going to want five. He's going to want five after this one. Listen, if if Christian puts up a season of almost 3,000 all-purpose yards, 
that man demands whatever kind of money he wants. I mean, he'll have more leverage than Le'Veon Bell had, more leverage than Elliott had, more, way more leverage than Melvin Gordon had. You know, the, the fact that our number one, our franchise savior, Cam Newton, went down and Christian McCaffrey in the interim carried the team on his back. I mean, I don't know what Christian would do in that situation. I mean, what do you do when you command that kind of of contract? I mean, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what Christian would do in that scenario. Ken D with the comment of the night. I'm so glad Herney has no history of overpaying running backs. <laughs> maybe we should say we're so glad he has a history of overpaying running backs because maybe he'll fork up a cough up the money there. Right uh, now right. let's, Continuing on with this, this well, w- what we saw is Kyle Allen managed to pull off what someone else hasn't done since Kurt Warner, and that is he's got he won he's the first undrafted quarterback to st- win his first four career NFL games uh, career start since Kurt Warner. He did though continue to fumble the ball. He must be the only undrafted quarterback who's won every game and fumbled in all of those games as well. So apparently uh, Allen had his press conference today and he was saying him fumbling on the opening drive is a tradition at this point. So uh, it's good not a good joke. Not a good joke. Yeah, it's, it's not a good joke. But listen, you know, they're either on one end of the extreme or the other end. I feel like a lot of Panther fans are. They're either anointing Kyle Allen, uh, the starter, better than Cam Newton, better with the offense, better in every area of football, which is nonsense in my opinion. Or you have people just wanting to shit on him, say he's terrible, is holding the offense back. Listen, man, Allen is learning to play football on the job at a professional level. Without without a ton of college experience. Yeah, without a ton of college experience. I mean, you have to temper your expectations a little bit and um, I'm happy that he's been able to do um, what he has done for us in that time. The Den mom, Susan Dean, gave us our weekly allowance. She said, don't Love spend you, it all. Susan. She said, don't spend it all <laughs> in one place unless it's at a Panthers game. Thank you, yeah, Susan, for does. supporting the C3 Panthers podcast. Now, Alan, though, he fumbles insane. It's all the time now. I was cutting him slack before. It's just at this point, I feel like he's going to drop the ball anytime he gets hit. But the truth lies in the middle, Cody, is that he is not good, he's not great, and he's not terrible, right? He's been better than average. I would argue better than average. He's been better than um, whoever's playing for Cincinnati. He's been better for whoever's been playing uh, for Miami. He's been better for whoever's been playing for the Redskins. And he's had no experience, no drafting, all of that. He's been playing an uphill battle on short notice. I like it. I like with the kids. He's got guts. He's got a lot of attitude in the press conference. And that's what we need. A guy who is not f- afraid to fail. Yeah, he's not afraid to fail. Um, again, he also has Christian McCaffrey at his disposal, which, hey, if you're going to learn on the job, dude, uh, it, it helps to have a, a Christian McCaffrey helping you out. But, yeah, I mean, listen, he missed some throws. Um, he has made his fair share of mistakes. He's not very confident inside the pocket. 
um, as of the current point in time. But, yeah, man, you can't really want or ask for more than what you've seen from him. He's not throwing interceptions. I mean, he's playing reasonable football. If I told you that Cam Newton would not be playing for the Carolina Panthers after week two and we and we started out 0-2 and, and you thought what our schedule would be, the best you'd think we'd be 1-4. I mean, yeah. I, that's how I feel is that is that maybe you win that Arizona game, but going into Houston and winning the Jacksonville Jaguars who have been surging. Dude, is that look, Kyle Allen hasn't won these games, but much like I used to say about Graham Gano, Graham Gano – has didn't win us games, but he did lose us games at times. Kyle Allen has fortunately yeah. for us not he hasn't had to win the games, but we have asked him to not lose the games for us, and I think he's done a good enough job there. So let's go ahead and turn. Actually, I got to get in something. Speaking of week five, guys, week uh, five weeks of the regular season in the books, and so much is left to be decided. Still plenty of time to get in on the action with my bookie. How about this prop, Cody? McCaffrey to score the game's first TD paid out three to one against Jacksonville, right? You put your money down, you triple it there. Division odds, season awards, in-game wagering is available too. The Panthers head to London in week six where they've opened as one and a half point favorites versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a game total of 48, right? Over under 48. There'll be tons of live betting options throughout Sunday's crucial division match. And that just scratches the surface, folks. We've teamed up with MyBookie this October to give you this great offer. Sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code OVERTIME. They'll match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME. New users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Cody, when we turn, when we talk about that game that we have been discussing, uh, or what we've been talking about, we've been talking about Kyle Allen, has he won or not won? One of the things we've seen Christian McCaffrey carry that offense in so many ways. But look, another part of this team and their winning has been that defense. They have played up to the task each and every week. Maybe not um, been to completely dominant and shut down, but done enough and more than enough to help us win. They did it again this week. Is this defense good or great is my question to you. I mean, listen, yeah, I'm a little bit biased, but I think this is a great defense, man. I think our pass rush is booming. We have some young talent on this team right now in the form of Brian Burns, who is just incredible, man. Um, he's a, I mean, in my mind, he's the defensive rookie of the year right now. I think it's going to come down to between him and Nick Bosa for that race. And, dude, uh, our defense, they're savage right now, and they haven't even had Dante Jackson in the rotation. I mean, it's really a testament to what we're doing up front. And let's not miss on the fact that we're watching a vintage Luke Kigley right now, leading the NFL in tackles. Dude, the man is balling out, you know, like it was in 2014 and 2015. I mean, our linebackers are playing faster to the football. Dude, we just seem ferocious right now. Yeah, is is the good news is it seems like this team is balanced on defense. We have, you know, is that the the front is appears dynamic, more dynamic than we thought, particularly without KK. And uh 
the back end with Trey Boston and Eric Reed has been playing pretty darn good. You add Dante yeah. Jackson to that mix, and you heard Ron Rivera talk about it today, is that he raved about the communication between the secondary and the linebackers. Now, I don't know how and what. I always feel like they always just say this weird crap that's very hard to quantify and measure. He'll be like, we really need to get our communication better, communication better. Commun-. Well, you could just block the guy. Like, that's what I always tell to the offensive line is, why don't you just communicate that? That guy's trying to get past you and, cor- and crush the quarterback. Just block him. That's my communication. But <laughs> they continue to say, I mean, and I get it, that they're starting to gel. I think they're getting a feel for the, each other in defense. But another unsung hero, Shaq Thompson. Shaq Thompson has done everything we've needed him All to right. do this year. A big, big year for Shaq Thompson. You hope he's growing into your own. The question I have for you is, do you have any cons- – what are your concerns about this defense? Are you – do you worry? Um, how do we – you know, is is it Ross Cockrell and Dante Jackson? Is it Vernon Butler? Or do we feel like we're just going to continue to get better? Iron sharpens iron. I think McCoy is starting to play really well too. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. Um, and, you know, one of the things that uh, – shout out to Jeff Hodge in the chat who I went to the game with um, him and I were talking about something that I've mentioned before, and it's our tendency to play that zone defense. Um, and, you know, uh, good quarterbacks, they know how to shred those zone defenses. Um, but I think uh, Ron Rivera has been okay with that and is tender here because we build our defense on the pass rush. And I still think we're number two or number three, in the NFL and sacks right now. So it's not a huge problem at this point. But, um, dude, if you saw what the Colts did to Patrick Mahomes, they played man on man on man, and they held him to one touchdown. So I feel that's the direction the NFL um, is moving. But I don't fault that performance uh, against Jacksonville that much because we didn't have Dante Jackson on the field. Let's talk about that performance just a little bit is the defense was not, uh, they were very, they were good. They had a defensive score, right? Uh, they had some turnovers they had, they did what they needed to do, but I want to pull up the stats here is that that defense did surrender 374 yards passing two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette got over 108 yards. Gardner Minshew had another 48 on the ground. DJ Shark just destroyed us. Eight catches for 164 yards and two touchdowns. He must be the waiver wire pickup of the week in fantasy football. Is it just Dante Jackson? Because guys have moved the ball. If you remember the Arizona game, they moved the ball on us a good bit. It was probably the Houston game that we felt was our most dominant defensive performance or Tampa. Yeah, probably Houston, I would say. But what do you think about what I just said? To me, this is a kind of a tenet of the Ron Rivera defense that uh, in the later half of the football games, third and fourth quarter, Ron Rivera is just kind of content to play that safe coverage, let him move down the field, and kind of hope that our red zone defense is what pulls through that kind of bend don't break mantra and I think to me that's, that's fine kind in of game. where I see I, the problem I think that's fine in a game um, where your defense is supposed to win the game for you right I mean yeah. if, if you think about the recipe we have right now it's meant to be Christian McCaffrey on offense and our defense 
Now, for me, if anything, it's is that we're bending too much to the run that's problematic. We did get eaten up. Um, I would say, look, Cody, when we lose, uh, that is problematic. When we win, it doesn't bother me. And <laughs> and I feel yeah. like the defense has held – I would say this is the bit was the worst game the defense had statistically. I mean, when it comes to yards allowed, touchdowns allowed, points allowed – um, our our passing defense went from one of the top in the league to not in the top in the league. <laughs> it went from the top to not the top. Just like uh, the Jaguar, the Jaguars fell to worst rushing defense in the league after what Christian McCaffrey did to them. Uh, it's hard for me Dude. to say, Cody. I don't know. Is that do we? You don't want to be too aggressive. I think we've been putting it together pretty well. I would have liked for us. I would just say we they converted. In fact, let me figure this. Let me find this out. How many? What were they like on third down? Is the real question because I felt like we got them into good, into good situational football, and we just couldn't close it out. Yeah, I, and I, like I said, I feel it's only really a problem in the third and fourth quarter. I mean, I don't really notice it as much early on in the football game. To me, it's a momentum thing. We have this tendency on defense to let our foot off the gas at the very end. Um, they were 6 but, for 13 on third down. You know, 46%. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's not it's, – it's, that's pretty good. We were 4 for 12. Dude, DJ Shark is like 6 foot 4, ran a 4-3-1 at the combine. The dude is just a monster. Um, whenever you put him on someone like Ross Cockrell or even Trey Boston, I mean, that's a matchup nightmare. So, um, you know, I think Dante Jackson is going to help with that. James Bradbury going forward might be the most important person Dude, he's on been our so defense. Fantastic. He's been fantastic. He, he really has. And, you know, he always plays well against uh, Michael Thomas. And uh, Mike Evans, who's coming up. I mean, that's a huge matchup for him right now. Well, thank God he plays good against Michael Thomas because he had a monster of a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And interestingly, Mike Evans had a terrible game. What we're talking about is um, he had – Michael Thomas had 11 catches for 182 yards and two touchdowns. Basically, him and DJ Shark had the same game. Mike Evans, though – was held to no catches, uh, and we're going to need, or we would really like to see Bradbury continue to blossom. I would say he's going to quietly get paid a lot more money than people. He's going to be a corner signing for a team uh, that might not be slant, like very sexy, a lot of name recognition, but he's going to command a lot of money in the offseason if he continues to play with it like this. Now, I want to uh, give a Ross Gold a, sh- a shout-out. He can, he donated to the show, and he asked this. And before we answer it, i got some other news to say. But here's the question. If Allen wins this week, would you bench him for Sam versus San Fran for Cam? I'm beginning to think that's not such a good game for Cam to come back. Ooh, Dude, that's a so- damn good point. It's a very sophisticated question there. I like it. Now, yeah. the reason I bring it up is Cam is not traveling with the team, but he's not in a boot. He showed up to practice news, um, and we hear news about Newton being part of the team, helping the quarterbacks. We heard that from Allen himself. That's the question right here is if he's ready versus San Fran, their defense, their front last night looked tremendous. 
Dude, uh, you know, I was saying that uh, uh, Brian Burns is the defensive rookie of the year so far. Well, Bosa, uh, he said that that race might not be over yet. Uh, listen, that defensive front for San Fran is nasty. But this is the point that I want to make. And you and I already said this. Kyle Allen is not winning football for the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey is. And listen, we were saying at the end of the year last year that Cam had kind of become too dependent on Christian McCaffrey because he wasn't throwing the ball down the field. Now, we have no doubt that Al, or that Newton is a better quarterback, has better pocket presence, and as long as we're intent on running the football and, and throwing it to Christian McCaffrey, I mean, listen, I don't care who it's against. I want the better player on the field, and that's still Cam Newton without question. Let me see if I can get it queued up here. This might uh, tell me, guys, in the chat room if this sounds loopy to you. Why he was there or not, but he was there with me Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, meeting room, film room. It's not good. He didn't do it to help you. It's not everything. I mean, that's like I always said. He's played against basically all the time. He has played against all these teams in the league, but he's played against a lot of teams we've been playing before. And he's seen the schemes. He understands what they're trying to do, and he's just a veteran player. So, I mean. So we saw a tweet today from Adam Schefter, who has finally put this out to the national media that um, that Cam Newton has been helpful. So tell me your thoughts on Cam Newton about this news with the foot. What does it mean to you? Dude, listen, there were people that have been doubting uh, Cam Newton's commitment to the football team because he hasn't been standing around on the sideline, literally standing on his foot that he's trying to heal, doing nothing. And people are like, oh, well, he should be there to support the team. Listen, uh, have, you, have people not been paying attention to Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers for nine years now? How can anyone at this point question Cam Newton's dedication to the football team? It's another example of, you know, people are trying to build this narrative of Cam Newton being selfish, Cam Newton not being a team player, being all about himself. And real fans have always known that it was bullshit. I never thought for a minute that there was any credence uh, to the thought that Cam Newton uh, was giving up on the team or didn't want to play football. And I'm, I'm happy that Kyle Allen came out and said how much Cam Newton has been helping him and wanting Kyle to be a competent starter for the Carolina Panthers and do well. Cam Newton is a Kyle Allen fan. So it's so unfair uh, when people just uh, take unreasonable shots at him for no reason at all. So what we get is with Cam, I love Cam because he shows us what's wor- or some of the worst things in kind of human culture and not him yeah. not him what he what he shows of people and what i mean by this is that as we look we all look around look we've all got different political opinions we've all got different religious opinions but we do all and we have different economic all of these this but we do operate in a world where generally 
a lot of times it's a good thing to base your decisions or in your viewpoints on reality and, and real evidence. So it's kind of like this is with Cam Newton is just like when it comes to politics, whether it be your hate or love for Obama or your hate and love for Trump, it doesn't matter what evidence is presented. It doesn't matter. Like it would be like if yeah. you went to if you went to the doctor and he said, "Look, here is an X-ray of your lungs. There is a giant cancer cells right there. You're having trouble breathing. You're having this and that. You're having clearly you're coughing up blood. I think there's yeah. a lung problem." And you say, "No, it's my anus." Yeah, dude, people people have made up their minds. Yeah, they've already made up their minds. Because tell me this, what has he? done but gotten better as a even just as an individual since he's become a pro right one of the things i cautioned early in his career was this cody is don't i mean like hey we can be critical of a guy of his press conferences we can be critical of his demeanor but we also have to remember his whole career is not over yet so how you you know and and instead let's look at how he progresses as an individual is my point and And he's also at the age where a lot of quarterbacks turn it on and i've i've said this before drew Brees was not drew Brees until he was around the age that cam newton is now i mean look how long philip rivers has been throwing the football and we've been wondering about him forever and you know people have the discussion about newton taking so many hits which is relevant but listen cam newton deserves the right to determine how the rest of his career will play out. Let so, me ask you some questions. All right. And yeah, CK, okay. welcome CK to the podcast. CK, we went to the game. We had a good time. And what CK needs to make him feel loved is for you to follow him on Twitter at Codizzle Allen. Go help my man get some followers. CK, welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast. What's up, boys? Sorry I was late. Work ran a bit long. Well, that's what happens when you are employee of the month every month. All right. (laughs) Here's my questions. I want yes and no answers only. Has Cam Newton become a better leader for his team in the last nine years? Yes. Boom. That's all, right. all you need, man. Okay. Question. Yes. Have, have, has Cam Newton's press conferences improved over the last nine years? Yes. Has his off the field, I mean, not off the field, his sideline presence, even though he is emotional and we can see his emotions at times, has his sideline presence improved? Absolutely. Yes. Has he improved as a quarterback? When you think about his ability to process defenses, to audible, to get guys to jump, I'm not saying has he become the most, the best passer in the league, but has he gotten better? I think this comes back to the leadership, and I know this is a yes or no question, but the leadership aspect of what he does, right? You know, that's always been a, a question. Like, is he, uh, when he starts to degrade as a, as a runner, is he going to be able to throw the ball? Well, last year before he got hurt, you started to see him actually be able to do the intermediate throws and, you know, things that he had struggled with before. So I think from his leadership perspective, he's starting to realize there are restrictions to what he can do, um, especially as he gets older. So he's starting to master the other pieces. So I think, yes, absolutely. Has Cam Newton gotten in trouble off the field? No. 
I mean, yes. I mean, it depends upon your opinion. No, no. It depends on what last... you think of the Jordan Rodriguez. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, but other than uh, that, no. And did he do? But trouble. did but did he really do anything? You know, what I mean, no. I, no. all right. So he made a, maybe a, a comment that some people that offended fed, people. That, some that was people got off. offended, but the people are offended every fucking day in our society. So has, I don't has even he count been, that. Have Have there been any signs that he's been a bad teammate? No. no. Did you see and that, him? I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, this is the whole point. So, Do you have lung cancer? No. <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I point to something? So I there was somebody who posted a a uh, something about where Greg Olson when he broke his foot he came back out from the you know from the back back uh, back you know X-ray yeah, yeah. room and he was on his on, on crutches. his crutches out there on the sideline and then they post another one of him standing up at the uh, you know cruising with Cam for charity by the way um saying that you know there's a clear difference in leadership and everything i'm like I, and i got so frustrated i said I, it irritates me how much i have to defend cam newton to our own fans it's one thing to other fans but our own fans it's just incredibly irritating and you know these people are so ignorant sometimes that they sit there and they talk bad about cam when you realize outside of kelvin benjamin name one person that has a legitimate gripe against Cam Newton that's ever spoken out against him. Not a single person. So you're going to question his leadership. You think all these people that have left, that have been cut by the Panthers, you don't think they're willing to come out and speak out against Cam Newton if he's this bad of a that bad of a leader? Come on, boys. I mean, let's be Preach. honest. This is Preach my it, point. Man. This is my point. We have had zero evidence of any of this. Now, have we had – I mean, can you say that you think we would be better off with somebody else than Cam? Sure, you can say that. Right, you could. I mean, you could always compare him to a Brady, to a Breeze, to Hall, already lock Hall of Famers, and say he's disappointed. You can you can compare him to the new hot flavor of of the minute and Patrick Mahomes, and still say, "Oh, look at that little puppy!" Oh my god, it's like a it's like a shiny thing. There's the bat daddy. There's the bat daddy. Welcome. Uh, the bat daddy has puppies with him tonight. All right. Okay. So here again, I mean, like all the evidence is pointing that Cam Newton has been nothing but a good thing to our franchise. The question could be, could you turn to another? Is it time to turn? I still don't even think it's imp- relevant of having that. Last thing, last question to you guys would be this. Have you ever, to follow up on something I asked, CK asked or said, we talked about a lot in the game. Have you ever heard of a of a franchise's best player being so disliked by its own fan base? This would be no, like if man, the Bulls it's... didn't like Michael Jordan. Well, he he's won all the rings. Um, let me try to think. It's like what if Miami didn't like um, LeBron or, or yeah or or Marino because he didn't win the championship. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine if they. So uh, all right, that's enough of that. Um, Cam Newton in Cam, we trust. Great question from Ross Gould, though. Is 49ers, though, a bad one to match him up on? Because you better be ready to run against that front. All right, we've got – you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Go ahead and smash the thumbs-up button, subscribe to the show, and call into the Cat Calls line. We've got special guest Ren Dax coming onto the show in a little while to help us preview uh, this Buccaneers game. But right now we've got – the Bat Daddy 52, Greg in the house. How are you doing, Greg? Oh, I'm doing good, man. I had some problems with my computer. For some reason, it wouldn't come to the page we were on, so I'm on my phone right now. But uh, if y'all can hear me, then it works just fine. 
Yeah, man. Crystal clear. Loud and clear. All right. The Panthers are on a streak, guys. Um, and In fact, why don't we just do that? Let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls for a little while and see where these guys want to go. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, uh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, no, I just, we have a comment in the chat room that I just wanted to touch on, which I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit later. But um, we need to give Dennis Daly some love, says uh, the can867, only allowing two pressures the whole game against a very good Jacksonville defensive line, man. At a time when Daryl Williams is shitting the bed left and right, Greg Little has concussion after concussion. We don't know uh, if we're going to be able to trade for a player like Trent Richardson. Dude, Dennis Daly, even though he's a South Carolina fan, I'll admit my boy has stepped up, and man, he might uh, he might be our answer at at left tackle. It it does depend a lot on how he looks against Shaq Barrett and uh, Nick Bosa coming up here soon. Boy, that's a hell of a test right there. But yeah, I mean, hey, even if it's just for one game, we needed it. And until Greg Little to have somebody back there that looks a lot better than Daryl Williams. And, and and what a great story. It's kind of like Kyle, Kyle Allen. You know, your number's called, you answer the call, right? And in uh, a guy that you didn't have a lot of expectations for. All right, the number's 252-228-5098. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like that. Hey, what's up, guys? Nick up here at Mass. Hey, uh, sorry I'm calling after the podcast. I have to go to work right after the game. But first off, what a fucking game. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty worried about it, especially seeing how uh, Mr. Jackson wasn't going to be playing and Greg Little as well. But we stuck in there. We got it done. Um... I know that you guys probably brought up the fact that Mr. Allen can't hold the fucking football to save his life when he's going to the ground. But, you know, a little ridiculous. That's why he's the backup. And uh, also, Christian McCaffrey, fourth quarter, going out towards the end. Kind of scary, you know kind of brings up what you guys have been saying in the past, how we need to start, you know, taking it easy on him or figuring out right. some way to use him Feed a little that differently man. so that way he's not yeah, getting beat up. That's the answer. Get it? Some guys, they can just take a beat and keep going. But we need him to stick around, especially right now seeing how Cam's not playing. You know, it's not, it's not good. He goes down. You know, he's a big portion of the offense, especially right now. You know, it's it's pretty scary. Um, yeah. Love the show, guys. feel like there was something else I was going to bring up. And, uh, oh, yeah, Brian Burns. Dude monster. is a monster. monster. But Spider-Man, baby. I almost feel like he should probably sit out next week or – if he's okay to play next week, that's one thing. Or, oh, that wrist. I, I just – I don't want to see him get hurt, especially in his rookie year. You know, that would be uh, that would be pretty bad. 
Sorry. All right, Cody, take that call real quick, and then we're going to our guest because I think the name to say is Bonifin, 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 running through the Red Sea. Yeah, um, listen, I was one of the people that was in favor of playing more Jordan Scarlett and Reggie Bonifon for that reason. I didn't want uh, to to run Christian into the ground. But, man, listen, I got to tell you, man, this this wave that we're riding right now with Christian McCaffrey, dude, I'm, I'm feeling the high, and I don't want to come down, man. Uh, I, I mean, the, the fact that he is close to having a, a, a potentially a 3,000 – yard season all purpose yards i'm gonna be disappointed or, or, if you don't get or close to it yeah, <laughs> yeah. i know yeah. it won't win the mvp which is sad but um yeah man I, I mean listen i'm 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 so pumped for the christian mccaffrey show right now um i'm just i'm i'm here for it i want him to be healthy but at the same time our offense is just such a uh a potent mismatch it's a group of mismatches when you have curtis samuel dj moore and christian mccaffrey on the well, field add, hopefully at the cam same newton time yeah right. hopefully add cam newton for sure all right you're listening to the c3 panthers podcast i'd like to welcome in ren dax you can follow him on twitter at r-e-n underscore d-a-x-t co-host of the pewter cast welcome to the c3 panthers podcast ren yeah, thanks a lot for having me. It's been a little while since I've seen you guys. It's uh, The year hasn't gone as we thought it was going to go for either of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we it's starting to go the way we thought it was going to go, except for we assumed Cam was going to be at it. And we're going to just kind of pepper you with questions for the 15 minutes we got you and then let Let's you run it. on out of here. My first question to you is, who the heck are the Bucks? Are they good every other week? What is this? What's the story? It's like one week they're phenomenal. You see their offense clicking. The next week against a defense that is just is pretty good, can't do it. Every other week team. Uh, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Uh, it's it, and then also it's not. Um, Jameis in the Saints game the last week he had what we like we're calling uh, down here is indecisiveness. He also had it week one against the 49ers. He was patting the ball, not trusting his first reads. Uh, then they sort of sat him down and talked to him and said, "Look, like drop back, put your foot in the ground, and make the throw. Trust what you see. Trust what you're seeing out there." Uh, you know, and then they put up 28 points the first half against the Giants. Then they put up 28 points uh, in the first half. Um, oh God, who? Did we win that game? Probably lost that one. Oh, against the Rams. So, so you know, have won the that off- one. If we did yeah. win the Rams one, right? Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. did win. That's right. You covered the ten points, right? There we go. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's 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 still a learning process for Jameis. You know, he's he's. It seems like he's prospering, but I think the the Saints defense is really legit. Uh, their front seven, especially their front four, uh, they're one of the best in football. They do use a lot of. Uh, uh, we talked about this a little bit on Twitter. Like they like to uh, grab offensive linemen and make holes so guys can shoot and stuff. Uh, they seem to get away with it week after week after week. But hey, it works, and they're and they're doing fine. Um, yeah, we're inconsistent. We're playing like an eight and eight football team, right? You know. The defense gave up one offensive touchdown in the first two games, and now we're giving up more yards than we did with Mike Smith with our defensive coordinator. The secondary has disappeared, and I think the only thing that really masked it the first couple of weeks 
was the was basically Shaq Barrett because no one else is getting home for us. We only have like two other sacks besides Shaq Barrett's nine. And, you know, even look at the Rams game. We had four turnovers and they still still scored 34 points. It was 40, but one was a pick six. So, like, the defense had four turnovers, and the Rams still scored 34 points. So the defense got to get better really quick. Bruce Arians called out the secondary, called them soft after, like, Yeah, yeah, tell us what he – yeah, I mean, he's straight – he did. Is And I was going to ask you, is he's not – uh, adverse to calling out his throwing, not throwing his players. Well, kind of throwing them under the bus. He's called yeah. out a couple of guys on this team, the secondary being one of them, but he called out another player recently too. I forget. It's escaping me. Yeah. He, he will use them. He understands the media and he will use it to get out there. And it's also what he does that I've noticed. It sort of stops the, uh, the narrative of, of what, ha- of what's going to encompass or really, uh, I guess, take over Buccaneers, you know, Twitter and fan base for the week. So like when we played you guys and they called the double timeout, right? Yeah. And still won the game. Bruce Arians came out of the press conference, walked up before he asked a question. He's like, well, we won in in spite of me. Other past coaches would have said, oh, I tried this and that. And then fans would have said, well, that's dumb. Let's, and it would have, the whole entire week would have talked about if this coaching staff can make decisions. So like you're saying it, he's Bill Clinton if he would have said, I inhaled. Sure. <laughs> sure. But, uh, you know, he's been calling out players since training camp. You know, like if, if he feels they should be out there and they're nursing an injury, he's like, they got to get out here or they might not make the team. And the secondary. Well, the, the sort of debate now is like, is he calling them soft because they're playing soft coverage or is he calling them soft because they're not competing? It was OJ Howard. That was the name that I was yeah, thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. OJ Howard's not getting open. I mean, he might be the best draft pick that gets zero production. I mean, he's almost he like awesome last year. He was okay last year. He keeps getting hurt. He, he keeps was great getting for hurt. my fantasy team last year. Well, as a tight end, <laughs> yes, but he could be so much more. Like we think down here that he can be, you know, he can be an Olsen. He can be a Keekly. He can be an Ertz. Like he's just as good. He's just as big, just as fast, just as much of a mismatch, too fast for linebackers, too big for safeties. And he's just not putting up that type of production. And this year he's not even getting open. He had one catch. In the Saints game, and that was the last drive where we're down 14 with a minute left, and Jameis rolled out and found him for a first down. That was it. Two targets, one catch. It was a really weird Saints game. So, you know, Evans has disappeared three of the games. You guys saw it. One of the games was when he played against you. Uh, every time he disappears, Godwin shows up. But when Mike shows up, so does Godwin. Like, it's we run the ball fine. You know, Rojo was a huge bust. But he, you know, now he's averaging like 5.7 yards a carry. And when he gets the ball, he can really do some things. And we're excited about him. But, you know, it's the same sort of dumb mistakes where we could say we should have won the, the 49ers game. We can say we should have won the Giants game. You know, you guys as Panther fans definitely can say that you should have won the Bucks game. Christian McCaffrey makes that first down 97 times out of 100 and probably scores 92 of them. Like, yeah. That, that was a complete fluke play. Like we were lucky as hell to get away with that playing a quarterback that only had one arm and one leg. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so we're not like if you really look at it, we're like two and three. We're like, OK, well, you know, Bri- you know, Breeze is out. Cam's out. The division's wide open for us. But we'll have this great game. And then when, you know, it's like, OK, if you want me to trust you guys again, go into this. Like Teddy Bridgewater threw for one TD in two games and three quarters. And he goes, he plays us, and he throws to 300 yards and four touchdowns. And it's like <laughs> rookie quarterback comes in, brings his team down from 10 nothing, throws for two, runs for another two. It's like it was all masked by Shaq Barrett and all he's getting. And now, it, you know, it, it's sort of back to like, you know what? Now we're maybe we're seeing why Bruce Arians went, you know, corner, corner safety on day two of the draft because our corners that – we're here when he got here. They're not holding up. No. Doug, that uh, that kind of brings up an interesting point. And, you know, you mentioned how many different games have been so close. You're yeah. either on the edge of winning or on the edge of losing. And, listen, as Panther fans, I feel like we know about that better than anyone. I mean, every, every season it seems like there's at least five games that we either win or lose by three points or less. Uh, but you mentioned Shaq Barrett. And I kind of want to ask your opinion on this. Do you think Shaquille is a real deal pass rusher or has he just um, made the best out of favorable matchups against someone like Daryl Williams, who every Panther fan will tell you is should be nowhere near the left tackle position ever in his entire life? Is, is Shaq the real deal or, you know, do you want to see more from him? Oh God, I, I'd be really hard pressed and kind of a one of those hypocritical and almost idiot type of Facebook fans we like to call them here in Tampa. You see anything stupid about your football team, it's because you got it off of Facebook. <laughs> yeah. We uh, say that too. The Don't worry. Everybody says that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you want if you want to be a smart fan, stick to Twitter and it's, that's still not totally safe. If you're super positive, go to Instagram. Um <laughs> The answer to your question is, is I think he is the real deal. Uh, You know, he did get a lot of sacks, you know, against the Panthers, but then he's also had multiple sacks games against a lot of other people. This, you know, we had this game, uh, you know, against the Saints and he got no sacks. The first game he hasn't had any sacks. And I'm not going to sit here and say he's a bust. But I also argue that a lot of people get their numbers and have made their hay because they get to play inferior competition twice a year. You know, I remember uh, Jared Allen used to play for Minnesota. He used to eat up, or you know, used to eat up whoever. I was it for Green Bay, maybe he get like six of his ten sacks in two games. You know, yeah. and, for, and for the other for the other fourteen games, he'd get like six sacks. But you're like, hey, I got ten sacks. I'm great. Look at me. And that's just the way <laughs> it goes. You know, if if you're better than the guy in front of you, prove it. And he's proven it a lot. He's proven it where he's got a four sack game, a three sack, and two three sack games. He has intercepts. He has a, he has a couple of forced fumbles. You know, he didn't have a Shaq Barrett tight game against the, the Saints, but that was going to happen because he wasn't going to get thirty six sacks this year. You know, he was on pace, but he wasn't going to get it. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, somebody else has to step up. And that was so was sort of the disappointing part because his fans were saying, well, Barrett's eating now. But when they start to put more resources on him, that's going to open up for Vivea, Dominican Sue and Carl Nassib. And we just didn't see it in the Saints game. All right, I did want to ask, well, uh, Trill in the chat room did remind this, Cody. Sheck has nine sacks. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's a pretty. Yeah. I mean, the dude number. is 
the dude's balling. I, I just I needed to hear it from a Tampa Bay fan's perspective to see if uh, if they think that he's real or not. I mean, I do too. Listen, whenever you have a pass rusher, I mean, it's game what five going on six, uh, and and you have nine sacks. I mean, that's a good number for uh, an entire season. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Shaq is he's definitely doing his thing. And um, uh, I'm sure it's a welcome surprise for a Tampa Bay defense that really hasn't had a dynamic, a super dynamic pass rusher on the team in a while. Let's build yeah. on – I want to build on the, the defensive discussion is that you are installing a new defense under Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. Do you think that maybe some of this is growing pains into a new defense wanting – um, you know, like you mentioned, the corners that were picked up. And you guys have had some trouble with those corners in the past. You you spent a lot of high picks on some small guys that were nickel corners, the Vernon Hargraves type thing. And then you tried to make it with uh, Grimes, who was around. So it's not like you've ever been had that answer or it's been answered before Arians got here. Todd Bowles comes in, new defense, new defensive coordinator. Is that part of the reason? I wish I could say yes. I really do, oh, you wow. know, but this is something that I noticed like week one, I sort of forgave it. Then week two, when basically the only person that hurt us was Greg Olson. Then it happened week three with Ingram against the Giants. Then it happened week four, uh, you know, the Everett and the other guy from the Rams. I can't remember his name right now, but they combined for like nine catches and 90 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. So. Here's what's great about Todd Bowles' defense. They're going to put the opposite. They're going to stop the run, first off. You know, the gauntlet of running backs that we've gone through. Uh, you know, Barita's is not the best. He had a great game last night. Okay, but he's not the best. Then we had to play Christian McCaffrey. Then we had to play Todd Gurley. Then we had to play uh, Barkley, you know, from New York. Uh, and then we get uh, Kamara. Like, those were our running backs, and we're still leading the league in – you know, rush defense. So Todd Bowles defense is going to stop the run. They're great at pushing, putting another team in third and eight, third and 10, third and 12. Awesome. The problem is the, the middle of the field is wide open and tight ends are eating our lunch. So it doesn't really matter if it's third and eight, third and 10, third and 12, because all you got to do is run a seam or a cross with the receiver because anything between the hash marks is completely wide open and you get a first down and you saw it when we played you, the only big plays you really had that you connected on with Olsen, you know, down the seam kept you in the game. Same thing happened week three, week four, week five. Like it's, it's not working. Now do I want the saints were eight for 15 on third, third down 53%. And uh, do you think that has a lot, anything to do with losing that linebacker from last year? Uh, Quan? Yeah. No, he was terrible in coverage. No. Okay. Like, we were happy to How see him How is the go. rookie doing? That's the problem. He he got hurt against you guys in the first quarter. Hasn't been back yet. Okay. All so right, we got uh, Kevin Minter. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No go, no, go ahead. We have Kevin Minter, who's doing great against stopping the run, but he's not giving deep enough in zones. And for some reason, in his head, and I don't get it because he's a veteran, he feels like, okay, I got to drop 11 yards back and be on the hash in this play. And he'll do that, and then he feels like, I've done my job, I'm here. So anybody running through the zone, running past the zone, he doesn't cover him. It's it's weird. Of course, I'm I'm oversimplifying it, but again, you guys saw it. 
Olsen ran right by him for a big play. And it's something that's continued. I'm telling you, the middle of the field is wide open. It doesn't matter if it's a cross from a wide receiver. The sidelines are pretty good. The sidelines and the deep ball, we got we got pretty well ha- handled unless it's a busted coverage. But, you know, if it's third and something, throw the ball in the middle of the field because you're going to get your first down. All right, Rand's got to go soon, guys. But fun fact, and then I'm going to pass the mic around one time to everybody. Fun fact, Shaquille Barrett has more sacks than the Miami Dolphins, the Denver Broncos, the Atlanta Falcons, the New York Jets, and the Cincinnati Bengals. He's tied with the Washington Redskins, the Oakland Raiders, the Detroit Lions, and the Baltimore Ravens. That's crazy, dude. That is insane. Uh, And ha, 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 Atlanta with five sacks, you suckers. All right, go ahead, Greg. Greg, ask Ren uh, your question for the night before he's got to go. All right. Cool, man. I got to go in for you. Uh, I know you were talking about Godwin and um, that uh, – why do I always do this? Mike Evans. Who's your other – Evans. Yeah, Mike Evans. Uh, the way I kind of look at that, man, like you said, uh, Mike Evans doesn't show up, Godwin does, and then even when Evans does show up, Godwin does. Do you see like a juju A-B time there where you definitely have a 1A and a 1B, and do you think if that happens that maybe you all move on from one of them? One day to maybe sure up your line to, to do whatever kind of needs you need maybe in the secondary, uh, or do you think you guys have both these guys locked down for a little while? Well, Evans is locked down for a long time, um, yeah. uh, and I think they're going to lock down Godwin. You know, he was a third round pick. He, he was he might be the best fantasy steal of the league so far because where everyone drafted yeah, him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he popped. Yeah, or yeah, the guy from Jacksonville. Like you know, those two guys are really lighting it up. And of course, they weren't first round, second rounders. Probably not even third rounders. Um, we do need some O line help, but here it is. Here's a little secret. RGM loves draft picks. Like loves them to death. Like does not like to get rid of them. They're like his children. So I don't yeah. expect much of sort of going out and finding you know, uh, a right tackle in free agency or, or trade or going out and getting a Patrick Peterson from, uh, you know, Arizona uh, to come in here and giving up a first or maybe a second round pick because he just loves his draft picks too much and they'll wait to the draft and build. But yeah, Godwin and Evans is locked up for a long time. He's already restructured a couple times to help us out with the salary cap and Godwin, Godwin. Yeah. He's not, he won't be going anywhere. Okay. Good combo. So, Hey man, this is uh, CK from up here in Roanoke, Virginia. I uh, wanted to, I guess, ask because week two was an anomaly in a lot of different ways. I think the Panthers came in underestimating the defense, uh, the defensive line more or less of the Bucks. But also for us, we didn't have a Cam Newton who was able to throw the ball and actually be accurate with his passes. <clears throat> when I go back and I look at the film, the, the thing that I think is that we had a really good game plan against your defense. Um, we just weren't able to connect on the wide open wide receivers. There were a lot of open wide receivers. There were. You guys did a fantastic job of stopping Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. What is your biggest fear knowing that now we have a quarterback that can deliver the ball where he needs to get it? Uh-huh. And we don't, but you don't have the issue of, having to worry about spying Newton, right? You didn't have to really worry about it last time, but I think you had to play that way. Right. So what do you think the biggest fear, what is the biggest piece to this game that you're concerned about? Well, it's weird because no matter who plays us, uh, for some reason our secondary makes them look like they're the next Joe Montana. Like you, you go watch the Teddy Bridgewater film, like his passes were spot on. You go watch uh, Daniel Jones – 
He was throwing like it through keyholes. I don't understand why quarterbacks play us. Like no one throws a bad pass for some reason. Having said all that, you know, it's an unknown commodity uh, in your quarterback. It, it still all revolves around CMC. It does. And if if we can do what we did to CMC the first game, which we won't because that's a total anomaly, but if we can keep him close to what, you know, sort of his production, not let him do what he did last week for sure, uh, I think it's going to be a game just like we saw. You know, you're talking about at the beginning um, how, you know, Panthers lose close games and, and, and you know, it, that's how – that's what eight and eight teams do, okay? All – most – if you're good – if you're a mediocre to good NFL team, about 10 of your 12 of your games are going to be one score games. Someone's going to have the ball with two minutes left and someone's going to have to try to stop somebody or someone's going to have to score. Like that's how the NFL is set up. And it's fun to watch. If you're eight and eight, half the time you win, half the time you lose. We're an eight and eight team. You know, it, it's all about, and I said this, you know, last week I was on, or last, uh, uh, time we played you guys it was going to come down to who doesn't make the dumb mistake between Jameis winston and cam newton in the fourth quarter it ended up not being any like neither one you know and it might not happen this week but it's it's going to be a close game like if if cmc doesn't go off but if he does we're going to change our game plan and start chucking it all over the yard because we have to you know so if it's close if he does what he does and, and your quarterback can still pick and choose, because I'm telling you, he's going to look like the next Joe Montana this game. So just be prepared. Mm-hmm. Like, optimistic don't jump on- Buck fans. Optimistic <laughs> Buck fans. I'm t- I don't, don't optimistic me. I've seen he's these corners. Realistic. Play- yeah, I've seen these corners play for three years. That's what happens. Like, I don't want it to happen, but, you know, fool me once, shame on you type of deal. So it's going to, like, it all revolves around Chris McCaffrey, but even if we stop him, you saw last time we played, it's still going to be a close game. You know, someone's going to have to score or someone's going to have to stop somebody with two minutes left, and that's what a division game should be like. For sure. Uh, And so, Douglas, I wanted to thank you for coming on tonight, man. Um, Mm -hmm. I have have two more questions. Uh, I'll kind of roll them together. Uh, And I just want your your take and opinion. Are the Bucks fans any closer to knowing how they feel about Jameis oh, Winston as question. the future of of the team as as their as their quarterback? And what do fans feel about him to this point under Bruce Arians? Uh, and then the second part of my question is: If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat Carolina in London, what do they do to win that football game? Sure. Uh, Jameis Winston's always going to be a polarizing figure. He's polar, not only our fan base, he's polarizing like your fan base. You guys should know that you have yeah. a quarterback who's very polarizing, you know, maybe three fourths of your fan base love him a quarter mm-hmm. hates him. Maybe it's more 50, 50. It's just the way it's going to be. I think there's nothing that Jameis Winston can do that. He doesn't at least get franchise tag next year, unless he does something really stupid off the field. Bruce Arians didn't come here to coach Jameis Winston for one year and then get a new quarterback. Right. Like he's here for two, three years to see what he can do with Jameis Winston. If they have to franchise tag him back to back, they will. Jameis Winston will be here. So it doesn't really matter what, what other fans think. Like he's going to be here, you know, you know, minus the saints game. And I know it's cheating to do this, but minus the saints game and minus the San Francisco game, 
those three <laughs> i know exactly first last but those three games in the middle Jameis winston was playing just as good quarterback as anybody in the league he, he does was. that that's what it he was. does sometimes he's playing great where you think he's going to be great and then the other times he's not and then so he sh- what yeah go ahead yeah. What's the yeah. what's the point then on winning the game too uh we need to score more points than you guys Oh, (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, I mean, it'd be nice to establish the run and grind it out. You know, it'd be nice to get, you know, Mike Evans involved this time. It'd be nice to get OJ Howard involved this time. Uh, You know, for us to win the game, we can't have Christian McCaffrey be Christian McCaffrey. Do you um, any injury news? Give us uh, any injuries that are troubling you guys. Uh, actually, we're pretty healthy, right? Oh, oh no! Oh, here you go. Listen to this. Uh, our right guard and right tackle are going to be both out, so we have two new yes. starters there. Uh, uh, one had a calf and pulled his hammy uh, in the game against the Saints, and the other one broke his arm in the second quarter and finished the game. The right guard oh, wow. broke his arm, yeah, and finished the game. So we'll have a whole new right side of the offensive line going into the game. There Is you White go. coming Ken, back. Ken eight six and White, seven White asked should about be- that. White should be back, should be back. And that and that's what we're hoping as Buck fans, me complaining. I've been complaining about the middle of the field since, you know, week two. And Buck fans are starting to come down on me. You're so negative. I'm like, look, bro, like, just watch the game. It's open. So I'm hoping, and a lot of other Buck fans are hoping, that with Devin White and his speed, he'll be able to shore up that middle passing game, you know, on third and eight, third and 10, third and 12. That's what we're hoping. Still rookie. He's got about four and a half quarters under his belt. We'll see. McCoy gonna eat. Hopefully, that's what we're hoping here. Now, are you guys uh, even are you guys even happy with that guy? Yeah, we're not unhappy. I, I would say yeah. Listen, especially well. as now that we've lost Kwan short for the year. Uh, yeah, listen, he's kind of been what we thought he would be. He's not. It doesn't have to be a superstar here. We drafted some young, talented players, and he provides that good interior push that that we need from him. And I think he fits that role perfect. Uh, I think he's been one of the best signings that we've made all offseason. Okay. Do you have any questions for us? <laughs> I can tell you have an opinion on <laughs> yeah. uh, on my man yeah. Gerald. Oh, I'm just I'm I'm I got by the end I just got so tired of Gerald. Like he kept telling me he's got to do this and he's got to do this and you know and all he would do was buy people snow cones and then when the hard questions came up to him. <laughs> He would climb up on his cross and act like, "How dare you? I've made I've made four Pro Bowls. How dare you ask me that question?" The guy, I just I'm not a fan of the guy. He's a terrible leader. But hopefully, you guys have you know people on your like you have Keekley, so he's the leader of the defense. When McCoy got to Tampa Bay, there was nobody, and he was automatically made the leader and was the yeah. leader for the next eight years. And he's just terrible at it. He just is. And you know, great human. You know, fantastic charity work, very spiritual man, loves his kids, loves his family. If you start picking on characters, Gerald McCoy is someone you shouldn't even start to attack. But on the field and as a leader in the locker room, didn't like him at all. Thought he was garbage. All right. That's fair. (laughs) Mm, Boy, Uh, you really discard your trash very easily <laughs> see see what have you done for me lately is a little no issue. i i've 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 been like this on jerry mccoy look he like he sits there goes on what undisputed and he's a new panther and all he does is talk about how the bucks dished him didn't talk about you guys one iota just because dominican sue got his got his jersey he has to go on national yeah. tv and talk about how it's disrespectful never mentioned the panthers Never mentioned anything. You know why he went to the Panthers? Because they took him to a vegan restaurant and people showed up. They made him feel good. You know, he like he's, he's his That's ego. That's what we do, man. We make people feel good. <laughs> I, I, anyway, I will say, it, it, undisputed. 
Undisputed is a very argumentative show, and they, they asked him a lot of questions about the Bucks and nothing about the Panthers in that show. He uh, went on that. the show so. to say that. That's why he went on the show. Like he no, asked to be on. No. They didn't bring him on the show. Listen, if you guys are happy with five sacks and and and, and twenty eight tackles, he's your guy. All right. I'm happy with the attention that he draws. Yeah, I've heard that for nine years. Yeah, what about the attention that he draws? <laughs> Don't say that. I'm for happy nine with years. the attention the only, that he draws. Only the last three were problematic for you guys with him. He was still yeah. just crushing it for the first four. He, he was still producing more than the average, though. Yeah, like 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 more than like your run of the mill guy in that position. He was still, you know, a, a somewhat all star. All right, let's move on from Gerald McCoy. Any last questions for us? <laughs> uh, tell me about your quarterback. What's he doing good? Is he a game uh, manager? He's fumbling really well. Oh, he fumbles oh, yeah. a lot. He fumbles he's really good at basketball. So, yeah. He, he dribbles a lot. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal with Kyle Allen, and then I'll let anybody else chime in, is that an undrafted quarterback, a guy with a, who really shouldn't be doing well at all, is playing better than Baker Mayfield, right? And or and, and that is he's, yeah. he's – what we said in the beginning of this show is is that Kyle Allen hasn't won his games, but he's done something better. He hasn't lost them for us either. Right, that makes and, sense. And, and, he's and tried I, to. I'll just – I'll just say it real fast. Uh, Kyle Allen, you know, he's doing just enough. So, yeah, game manager is an appropriate term, but uh, he's really bad at navigating the pocket. Uh, he tries to move around too much. You can tell he has uh, that brand-new quarterback jitters, and uh, he just needs to settle down, uh, and, and he should make even more plays than he has made. Um, not scared to throw the ball, though. Not scared to yeah, throw the not, ball. Not scared not to throw the football. Um, but yeah, he's he he's learning on the fly. So I'm trying not to be too hard on him, but he has certainly against Houston and against Jacksonville, he left some players on the field, mm-hmm. no doubt. Well, it sounds like it's going to be another 21-24 game there in London for it's us guys. Probably so. <laughs> probably so. All right, so, Rand. Yeah. Uh, a ton of thanks for coming on the show. Uh, they can f- tell them how they can follow you on Twitter. Sure. If all those Panther fans want to know what a Buccaneer podcast are saying, the best way to find me is on Twitter at Rendax, R-E-N underscore D-A-X-T. I'm always down to talk Buccaneers football. When's the pewter cast drop weekly? Uh, we drop four times a week. Uh, we Cook drop. Cat. We do. A, yeah, we do. A, we do a live show like you guys do where people call in on Sundays after the game. Uh, then we have a guest right now. We just recorded uh, from Buccaneers.com, uh, Scott Smith. Uh, we do an interview and give our final thoughts on Wednesday. Then uh, Friday, uh, early Friday, our, we get do an email show. Everyone emails us in. We answer those. And then uh, we drop one Saturday after the final injury report comes out. And we give like the keys to the game and how injuries might. And then we talk about inactives and just sort of whatever's gone on at you know Buccaneer headquarters that week. Any then, thoughts uh, on Greg Allman? Uh, we're having him as a as a special interview on Thursday. He's the beat reporter for the Athletic for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's the best. Oh, you like him? Oh, he's the absolute best. Good. All right, cool, cool. You'll love All him. Right. Greg's awesome. Fantastic. All right, look, you guys Great. go check out Ren Daxed on Twitter as well as check out the Pewtercast. You know your team. Learn about the other team. And, uh, guys, let's keep pushing through with the – C3 Panthers podcast. Thanks a lot, Ren. You have a great night, man. Thanks, guys. Good luck Sunday.
All right. No, you well, don't mean that. No, I no, don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it back. I'm not gonna say it back. I'm about to eject him. It's like ejecting from the call. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you. All right. Let's let's get back into. Uh, well, here. Any thoughts though? Just after we've talked from that, just quick reactions to the Bucks fan coming on here. Um, I was actually uh, surprised at that he wasn't more glowing Elated? about the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's I, I got, mean, the winning got good to him real quick, didn't it? Uh, but to be <laughs> honest, though, I, I think Tampa Bay fans are so used to being hyped up early on oh, you're in right. the season, oh, in the season and then they just tank. So yeah, I mean, probably, think about it. Yeah, He's think about last song year. And dance before. Didn't they beat yeah. the Saints last year at the beginning of the year? Yeah, like first game of the yeah. year. So, I mean, I think they went. Uh, they went three and zero, I think, and then just yeah, fell off a cliff. Open the season, yeah. Mm. Well, uh. Hey, I don't. I I don't know what y'all started the show with. I wasn't in it quite there, but I do want to talk about one thing. Open up a real quick conversation. We get back into cat calls. Uh, is do y'all really think Kyle Allen is as good as people make him out to be? Because I, no, you know, like not at all. Okay. I think I, that's I, cooled, I just, by the I way. Can't st- I, I just can't stand here in this whole. Oh, thank God, Cam's not in. Kyle Allen's in. Look, y'all, absolutely. Kyle Allen did not play a good game last game. He fumbled the ball two times. He did. He had a fifty-six percent completion percentage. Passed for less than two hundred yards. He did not play a good game. But guess what? We won. And that changes everything when you win about the way a person looks at the way the player was. Because I guarantee if Cam won those first two games, people wouldn't be thinking the same thing about it as they did. And I just want to ask everybody out there, do you think that Kyle Allen in game one and two that Kent Newton played could have won those games? Maybe, I think he could have won the Tampa Bay game. Yeah, maybe okay. Tampa. The The problem with that is, is that now that you've, we've had time to watch the tape against Houston and Jacksonville – I mean, man, there were so many open throws. I mean, and we were, you know, I was, I was there. It was my first game that I ever went, uh, that I ever went to. Man, there were some times that Greg Olson was wide open. McCaffrey could have had a better day than he did. Okay, take that for what it's worth, man. Dude, there was a few plays where McCaffrey was wide open, and I'm telling you, man, Allen does this thing. He doesn't know how to settle down in the pocket and step up away from pressure. He'll drift to the left or drift to the right. I mean, listen, then that's been one of Cam Newton's most underrated aspects is that, you know, some people say he'll hold on to the ball a little too long, but Cam Newton will stand tough and tall and, and deliver the throw even with pressure in his face. And Allen just has not been doing that. I mean, we're 2-0 and in the past two weeks because of our defense and Christian McCaffrey. Undoubtedly. I agree. Let me he ask you a question on that. Terrible though. Let me ask no, you a not question. Terrible. If if uh, let's put into perspective like so a lot of excuses are being made for Joey Sly's misses, right? One was a block. The next one there was pressure because uh the somebody was coming unabated to the ball. Um and then the extra point there was no reason to miss that but he still pushed it wide right. Um, and a lot of people are making, you know, the fact that the first kick was blocked because guess who let the guy go by Daryl Williams, um, you know, you know, let Calais Campbell get the ball hand on the ball. 
And that's a mental game, right? That's Joey Sly. That's an excuse for Joey Sly to be able to miss those. Nobody's happy about it, but nobody's really saying, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's one bad game. Let's move on. Um, that Houston game, he was harassed. Let's be honest. He was harassed by that defensive line. Yeah. Um, and as a young quarterback, when you know that there's a revolving door in that, on that offensive line of, of injuries and, and people being rotated that have never yeah. played in a certain position, is that not going through your mind of, I need to get the ball out a lot quicker or I need to run away because I'm going to get hit in 0.2 seconds, where last game we saw actually a bit of an increase in uh, you know, offensive line play to where that pressure wasn't happening nearly as frequently, but he's probably still got that timer in his head because he's been hit so many times just over the past week, you know, do you feel like that has anything to do with that? Oh yeah. They call it seeing ghost. Then, mm-hmm. they, yeah. uh, you know, whenever you just, you feel the presence of the defender, but before they're even on you, you're already trying to move and evade pressure and you just end up doing too much and causing the play to die. Yep. Uh, yeah. Th- that, and I can also argue that uh, Jacksonville, excuse me, Houston's uh, front four is better than Jacksonville's front four. Yeah, I think so too. Absolutely. I don't know. I, I mean, thought Jacksonville's was good and little... in coming into this well, game. I think it's because we have a crappy offensive line. Yeah. I think we yeah, also were able to run the ball so well that well, it was hard for them to pin their ears back. Yeah, and and what and and what Greg just said, I, and I even said this when uh, when Tony and and CK were over here, man. It's not even that our offensive line is crappy, but we're Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde when it comes right. to run right. blocking. And then pass protection. We're subpar in, in pass protection, but way better than average in yeah. run blocking. I mean, McCaffrey does not have the, 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 the numbers that he has if it's not for the guys in the middle moving the football. And it goes back to Matt Paradis. Matt Paradis has been a huge part of that. Great pickup. I am um, I'm, I'm, I'm high on Kyle Allen right now. And and what I am is Kyle Allen is better than I thought he was going to be. And I thought that this is that it would be impossible with him. I was worried about that I, and that Christian McCaffrey wouldn't be able to do anything because all they're going to have to do is stop him. And Kyle Allen has done just enough to prevent them from teams being becoming one-dimensional on them. He fumbles the ball like crazy. It's, it's wild. Um, he was only he was under sixty percent in this game, fifty seven percent. He missed some throws. Yeah, first I mean he. Time of, first time it, of career, though. You could have had uh, DJ Moore streaking down the field. He's underthrown Curtis Samuel and some different things like that. But mm-hmm. hell, I'm kind of just of the same opinion with Allen that I am with McCoy. Is imagine if we didn't have them right now. Absolutely. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah well, with Allen too, like one of my biggest things is I don't think he can throw the ball deep. Like, I, I think he can get the ball down the field, but every time that we've had a deep completion of more than 20 yards, it's been underthrown and they've had to come back to the ball every time. It's going to pass interference half the time, yeah. Yeah. Because of that. So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I think that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was actually just touching on what you were, I was just touching on what you were going to say. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think that. You know, he's throwing the deep ball a lot, and we haven't complained about it because it's either been pass interference or an amazing catch by a receiver that for some reason you just don't see with Cam Newton when he throws that ball and it's underthrown like that. You just don't see the receiver catch the ball like that. I don't know why. Uh, it's not put in the different spot most of the time, but it's just not caught. But uh, so, yeah, I, I give you the same thing. I don't think you throw the ball deep. 
I know we have to move on to the cat calls, Tony, but I want to pose a question real quick. So uh, Kyle Allen and Will Greer, both of them did not look very good in the preseason. And we have seen quarterbacks for many years now have a bad preseason and then go and, and look relatively good once the season started. Deshaun Watson is an example of that. So is Patrick Mahomes even. Uh, a lot of people don't Cam remember Newton that. Yeah, Cam Newton. Cam Newton uh, yeah. Has there been any desire from any of you to want to see Will Greer play some snaps? Not right now. thinking about it, I'm, I mean, I, I kind of want to know if maybe he does have it in him to make some of the throws that I feel Kyle Allen has missed. I mean, if Cam Newton is coming back soon, it's a non-issue. But I don't know. I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on that. The only time I want to see Greer out there is if it's a blowout win. Like if we, <laughs> yeah. if we're third quarter, middle of the third quarter, we're up by 21 points, by all means, let's go ahead and throw him in just to see. If it goes bad one series, all right, we're getting our starters back out there because we don't want this game to come crashing right. back to earth. But I think absolutely um, the only time that I'll want to see him on the field is, is that moment because, yeah, I would like to see what we have in him. Um, not in an effort to try to replace Cam Newton, but in the event we don't have the ability to put give him what he wants and he has to go somewhere else, I want to make sure we have somebody who actually is going to carry us to a uh, the, to the promised land at some point in time. So that'd be the only reason. But beyond that, I don't want to see Greer on the field at all. All right. Yeah, but I don't even. I don't. I don't even know who Greer is. I don't have an urge whatsoever. Like I saw him on the field the other day. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, he's on our team still. <laughs> I, I actually, you know what? I would like to see him for the at some point in a blowout for me to tell y'all that that was a terrible idea, and we all knew it. <laughs> we all freaking knew it. Well, no, okay. Here's my thing, and then, you know, you're saying it's a terrible idea now because you've seen him in preseason. When we drafted him, we were all saying it wasn't a bad idea. Like all of us in the show were saying it wasn't a bad idea. I was not uh, saying that for the right, third round. Again, we need it like, okay, fifth okay. round. I've okay. seen the Pittsburgh Steelers do this too many years. And look at Kyle Rudolph. He did pretty well the first couple weeks. I mean, they're not going to be superstars out of the out of the gate. Third round picks. Unless you're Mahomes. Yeah, My but Mason Rudolph no, did terrible. Well, yes, sometimes. There's outliers. I'll give you that. There's outliers. <laughs> but, you know, if you have the weapons Mahomes has, it's different too. We'll, we'll, that's a different discussion. Uh, with with Will Greer, I would be willing to say that if Kyle Allen comes out and fumbles the ball three times in the first half next week, and we lose two of them, I kind of want to put Greer in to see what he that, does. That I, I I see your point there. Depending upon if we yeah if if it's midway through the game and there is just nothing happening offensively, absolutely let's go ahead and see what we got in Greer because right now Allen hasn't improved. Like I haven't seen Allen right. improve from where he was like he is maintained and maybe kind of went backwards in some respect, but he has not improved, but I know we got to move on. So. Right. Ross yeah. gold gave a $2 and he said, Kyle Allen, 107 QB rating, no interceptions. And Cody, I want you to answer your own question. If, if Kyle yeah, Allen fumbles, if, if Kyle Allen uh, fumbles the ball three times, do you want to see Will Greer come in and throw three interceptions? <laughs> I mean, if it throws two, if it if it throws two interceptions on his listen, first throw, then you put, yeah, then you put Kyle on back in. I'm you interested know, to see what he would do. 
Wow. My, my thing is, is it, all you need is a quarterback to be about 60% completion to, to win games with our defense. I think that Will Greer can do that, about 60 57%. Okay? So as long as he doesn't fumble the ball four times a game, then I feel like you have almost the same quarterback. Just saying. Uh, Jake Delhomme said we all. I mean, uh, I mean, I said Jake Delhomme. I thought really Jake Delhomme at that point, but Jake Delhomme <laughs> in the chat room said we all laughed at Daniel Do- Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'm still laughing, man. The right. Giants sink. Well, he did. Right. He did good one. He did good one game. He hasn't done good yeah. last two. I hope. I wish the best yeah. for him as long as he. Yeah, I no, agree. I, actually, no. I hope all of the. I don't wish anything <laughs> good on NFC teams. Let's get back into the cat calls. The number's 252-228-5098. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the show. Be a part of the conversation in the chat room. Call in or send us an email at carolinacatchronicles at gmail.com. Here's the next call. Tony, I just want you to know that every time Brian Burns makes a play, I just, in my mind, I just think of you the draft night when we draft and then just, Brian Burns, Brian Burns, Brian Burns. <laughs> I agree. Keep balance. Brian Burns, Brian Burns, Cody. That's your dude. Yeah, man, that is my dude. I love Brian Burns. I love the whole superhero thing that he's got going on, man. Brian Burns is the man, dude. I mean, listen, he has done everything that we've asked him to do. He's been everything that we hoped that he would be. Uh, I mean, we, we have not had a speed rusher coming off the edge like that in a long time. He fits into our culture. Man, I, I, I love him, man. Brian Burns, we could not have made a better selection in the first round than Brian Burns. Somebody said in the chat in the post after the post game in the YouTube comments, they said they call him Skinny Pep, Skinny Peppers. <laughs> I like it. That's, I'm wearing my – look, I'm yeah, wearing my Peppers yeah, jersey I'll, I'll right that. now. Did you Can see how fast he looked when he scooped that ball? And oh, ran? yeah. Was he looked like he oh could have been a wide receiver. But think about this. Irving yeah. was step for step with him, though. Oh, well, yeah. Two fasties. Yeah, either one of them would have run it in. Yeah. But uh, I had a question, guys. So um, I, I'm, I'm a little irritated about something, and it's it's just how how it's – I guess it's just a matter of people's perception, but uh, – after the San Francisco Browns game, somehow I have not heard Nick Bosa's name once. He gets two sacks in that game, and all of a sudden he's defensive rookie of the year. Ooh. Yeah, hey, that's a – I mean, listen, that's a good point. I haven't watched all the film on uh, on Bosa. Apparently he's had a ton of pressures, but no sacks. I think it got overblown because of the Baker Mayfield thing. And yeah. him doing the flag, the flag. And, the, and the planting. Yeah, if you've been paying attention to Brian Burns, Brian Burns has definitely had the better season. Um, Think about his versatility. Yeah, I man, mean, the, the versatility is incredible. He's on another right. level. I'm just saying. I my, my comment? Oh, yeah. I hear you. Go ahead. I'll tell you what I think, what I think that is. It's because NFL is a TV show. And the Carolina Panthers are a small market team. Absolutely, they do not want to promote unless unless we're going fifteen and one. They want teams like the Chargers and the Giants and the Cowboys to win everything. So they're going to give them fair calls, and they're going to give them more promotion through the media and through uh, through sports analysts as far as how things go. That is why you don't get the respect in Carolina you do everywhere else. Which is all the more reason it feels better to win the Super Bowl this year. So, well, um, for sure. 
That's Brian probably. Burns did have uh, defensive rookie of the month this past month. He has yeah. been what I what I like about Brian Burns is that even though we're seeing these continued flash of big plays, he's doing something every week. Every week. Every week he does something. It's a, a nip and a punt. It's something. And these plays are big plays in the game like game Absolutely. you know they they're game altering plays i won't say he's alone changing the game but he's making he's putting his stamp on the game far more than i thought a rookie would needed to do it's been fantastic to watch let's go on to the next call what's good everybody uh, this is joe oregon calling in what's up joe I gotta say love the w on sunday Reminded me of a game in 2015, like in 2015, we get those big leads, we let off, then they come back, and then Cam would usually get a win, but defense prevailed, we did our thing, and I'm happy about it. I think it's time to shut down the Kyra Allen shit. I never was a fan of it. He's a good backup, but besides that, that's it. Yeah. I think he kind of peaked at Arizona. Um, yeah, I think he's kind of peaked. I think he's... He's a good quarterback, but he's not going to take us over that hump. He's not a – our defense isn't that good to just carry him. So, we need Cam back. I'm hoping for the Niner game. I'm hoping he comes back to then. But if not, he comes back after. That would be perfectly something too. But close to those games. Hopefully not the Niner, but we'll see. Anyway, other podcasts, keep pounding. Talk to y'all later. Peace. I think I just came up with the next T-shirt idea, guys. What about C third, like yeah. C three degree burns, like third degree burns? We're gonna have to do s- too, something yeah. with like third degree burns because he is. It's like Cody's face. Which Cody though is the question? <laughs> which Cody? Uh, nah, but listen, though. I, I, I do think uh, the three of us got our fair share of sun uh, oh, this gosh, uh, th- this past Sunday. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm still peeling my nose. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, next one. <laughs> What's up, C3? Chef Jeff Hodge here. Oh, Wanted Jeff. Say thanks for the What's up, cousin? good time we had at and after the game. Yeah, man. I uh, really enjoyed being on the podcast. I was going to bring a question up, but I felt like it'd be a better question for Tuesday night rather than a post game. Let's say you could know for sure that certain amount of players that you could get to retire here. We say Cam, Luke, and Christian McCaffrey, right? Who's the odd man out if only two of those guys can potentially retire here? I want to know what you guys' picks are. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I would love, I want to see all three of them retire here, but think, uh, if you don't move McCaffrey to the slot, that'll probably be the one that leaves first or, you know, that doesn't, doesn't stay and retire. But I want to know what you guys thought about it. Uh, I'll be listening and, uh, keep pounding. Man, that's a rough one. God, Jeff just stabbed us. If it's a Batman chef knife. If this is an opinion piece, that's a different story. But if this is who we actually yeah. think is going to retire here, then that's a that's a little bit easier to answer. It's not something that's happy to answer, but I think it's a little easier All to right. answer. Well, you start. Let's hear it. Here. Um, I think if there was only two that could retire here, uh, I could see a situation where it isn't McCaffrey. And I only say that 
because I think McCaffrey has deep ties in Denver. And okay. that could be a situation where I could see him wanting to go home and play for his home team. What a great point. Yeah. Okay. But that also can be said about Cam Newton with Atlanta. Yeah. So but he's, but he's I, never played for Atlanta or any kind of Atlanta team. Exactly. But does but, it, does does he love Atlanta? So Christian, uh, you know, his father played for the Broncos. Do you think Cam has that? I mean, yeah, he might have grown up a Falcons fan, but. I wonder if he has the same kind of affinity towards them as, say, Christian does towards a Broncos. I, that's the thing. The only re- way I could see that happening is in the event that we just don't see a, a Cam come back that's dominant and we don't want to pick up another contract of his. Yeah. I could see a situation, especially after this year, where the Falcons move on from the high price tag that is Matt Ryan's contract and maybe find a way uh, to something that's maybe a little more affordable in Cam Newton that gives them a little more versatility, or at least they would hope. Um, also, an inside view on what the uh, opponents are doing, in, you know, i.e. the Carolina Panthers. And then we pick up Matt Ryan and have to change our whole aspect of this show. Uh, <laughs> I, I will never Now we're getting deep dive. I will never. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna have to stop with these nonsense hypotheticals. All right, All right Cody, <laughs> which one yeah. retires? Who retires a Panther? Who's the odd man out? If that is the way it goes. So listen, it, it's a testament to what McCaffrey has been able to do in such a short amount of time. Um, and listen, no one, I, I'm I'm loving this Christian McCaffrey ride that we're all on and high off of as much as the next person, but. I'm not just going to forget what Cam Newton and Luke Kickley have meant to this offense and defense respectively oh, for the last eight years in a row. So I, I love Christian. I want all three of them to retire a Panther, but uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not down for seeing Cam Newton or Luke August Kickley wearing another Jersey ever in my lifetime. Oh, if I have to break my heart. If I have to make that terrible decision, um, I would want I'd want to see uh you know let Christian go play for his dad's team, Luke and Cam, they have to finish here. It, it would hurt as much as if not more than Smitty playing at Baltimore. More for me. I mean I can't speak for everybody else. I know everyone has, you know, long, long time ties to the Panthers, but for me, Cam and Luke, those are my two favorite players ever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, piggybacking off what y'all said, I've got to kind of agree with y'all. You know, I thought I'd have a different opinion than y'all did, but I've got to go Cam and Luke simply because of what they've done. And Cody, you brought it up earlier. Christian McCaffrey's been there this short period of time. Uh, there's other factors that go into this, though. Right. A running back prime is where, where McCaffrey is right now is about six years. Whereas you can get a good quarterback. I mean, after about six years, McCaffrey's going to be an average to below average quarter running back. I hope not, but he probably will be in about six years. Okay, He'll be able to transition to slot pretty easy, though. You, I agree. I agree. But he won't be as dangerous in the slot as he will as a running back. You know? uh, but, but, but if I say with a, with a linebacker like Luke Eakley, who's consistently number one in the NFL or top two or three in the NFL, and a guy like Cam Newton, when he's healthy, that is consistently – top five in the NFL when he's healthy. I, I got to go with the guys that give me longevity and the guys that have been there before. Even though I love Christian McCaffrey, I never want to see him leave. If I had to make the choice today, I'd say Cam and, Cam and Luke. 
No, keep them there. I want them to retire. Panthers. Yeah. I respect that. So. I don't like this question. <laughs> I don't. This, I, I don't either. Let's move on. Chef Jeff, you're depressing, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, is that no a, a, bullshit? All uh, three of us answered. You uh, answered, man. Right. Come on. All right. <laughs> you know, my, I'm not uh, letting you off the hook. We all had to I do think this. The, I think the you've all given the right answer. Um, yeah. I think my fear is that Cam isn't coming back to be a, like, doesn't come back with the Panthers the way he's supposed to, or the way mm-hmm. I see him. Uh, you know, my greatest nightmare, Lotes put it in the, Yotes put it in the chat. He said, if Cam goes to Atlanta, that'd be a nightmare. NF said it. That's my nightmare worst nightmare. Too. It's my worst yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm afraid that Cam is the answer to that question. I think though that barring if Cam can just come back from this foot, if this foot isn't a long-term thing, I don't think his shoulder's going to be um, intimidating. Yeah, is that so? I think Cam comes back, Panthers stays a Panther, sticks with the Panthers, retires a Panther. I would love that's what I want to happen. Uh, the, you guys have said it. You're not going to turn your back. Like Cam and Keekley have made this team for the last decade, and I think Christian McCaffrey. Uh- could potentially have too long of a career to be with just one team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that at some point he could go and join, be a slot receiver. He could do a lot for guys as a third, you know, later in his career that you just don't know if it would be in the works with Carolina. A uh, hard question. That's a tough question. Dagger. Tough Dagger question, of a question. Man. But yeah. guess what? Nobody said. Nobody said Luke. Keith. Yeah. yeah Luke is no just too said. much of an anchor. Yeah. He, he really is. I mean, you really don't. You really, yeah. You really don't see uh, defensively middle linebackers tank over a football game anymore. That's pretty much exclusively on pass rushers and corners. But Luke Casey from the middle linebacker or inside linebacker now position will just erase your offense. And uh, I mean the the dude, and, and he's still playing at a high level, and he's the leader in tackles right now. Luke Casey is playing vintage Luke Kickley football right now. And and that's part of the reason why our defense is so potent. I think also we want to – we would not let him go because we want him as our defensive coordinator when he retires. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, would not, I would not mind that at all. He sees the field that way. I was going to say, he leads the league in tackles right now. And you remember week two – or week two or one, I can't remember what it was, I was complaining about Luke not showing up. Yeah. So, yeah. so we've had five games – he didn't show up for one, and he still leads the league in tackles. And, he and, and, and think about this, Christian had, McCaffrey's – Same with Christian McCaffrey right in the Tampa game. Yeah. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. that was a shut-down game for him. Like, it was bad. Like, we thought he, he had 200 scrimmage yards against the Rams. He came back from Tampa Bay. We're like, all right, well, we're back down to a 100-yard average. <laughs> so, well, yeah. North Turner also – Yeah, North Turner also been Cam Newton throw the football – a, a million lot. times. Yeah. And so, to the receivers. On Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't his fault, man. He's no. got to run the ball at least 18 times to have a really good game. Devin White is not enough to erase Christian McCaffrey from this offense. It's He's just okay. not. I'm ready for the highlight reel of how many ankles Christian McCaffrey's broken this this year. Because, oh, I mean, those that sideline juke that he always puts on players – is nasty. just nasty, bro. Disrespectful. You know what is that? Is I've I've seen people starting to talk about it, 
And uh, was it Cody? You were saying you starting to see that Christian McCaffrey's getting love in the national narrative. Like, it's yeah. not even that impressive to me anymore. Already, <laughs> it's bad. like I'm like, yeah. I mean, he's putting these stop jump moves on cats in the middle of the line and going. These are old school moves. Some of them, some of them are just like backyard football moves. Like, looks like yes, he's. Dude, this is Aaron Dickerson stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's but he's, he's making he's these cats look everything. like they're in elementary school. Yeah, like yeah. he's making this is this is almost after every time, like my heart just fills with joy when I after the, and it was two plays against Jacksonville. Uh, I mean, really, there's uh, uh, quite a few against Jacksonville if you count the end, you know, up the middle. But it, I guess his signature move is starting to become that running down the sideline, defender coming in from the side. And then yeah. just letting the defender run in front of him and just continue down the sideline, you know, and, and it makes these guys look like complete and utter just middle school B team players. It, you know what? I always you know feel like I right? see, I feel like I see other players trying to do this and they get tackled. Yeah. Like, you know, they try to do this and it don't do anything. And McCaffrey well, does it and people fall over dead. <laughs> Yeah, you see Greg try to do it yeah, at one time, and he just fell over top of the yeah. defender. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, the the hey, other you question. You know Christian learned that, though, right? Where's that? He, he learned that whenever he got beat by, he learned that when he got beat by the, uh, the little uh, 12-year-old kid this summer. Oh, oh no, yeah, that yeah. was Luke Keekley. That was Luke Keekley. Yeah, that was Luke. That was Luke. That's where I should learn it, though. Yeah, sorry. Oh, he learned it from that kid. Yeah, Yeah, the kid. He got that kid's move. All right. Um, I was going to ask this. Oh, you were talking about how he makes people, like, you almost feel sorry for the guys, right? I thought that that's what the San Francisco run game did to Cleveland last night. Oh, yes. I thought they were going to make Cleveland cry. Like, I almost cried for Cleveland. It was so unbearable to watch. And when that guy, somebody ran, it was one of these big runs, and this guy tried to tackle him. He just trucked this dude and kept going. It was like they couldn't do anything. Even when they got him, they couldn't get him. That's what Christian McCaffrey is to the league. I still can't get over that Shaquille Barrett stat, that he has more sacks than, like, seven NFL teams. Hey, Matt, uh, Mario Addison isn't far behind. He's got, what, six and a half? He's number two yeah. in the NFL. Ooh, he's right uh, there, wait, yeah. no, not after last night. No, he's not. Um, who, who is it? Uh, Miles, Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett's got seven. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, well, okay. He's, still, he's still right up there. Yeah, but, but how, yeah. how about this? Uh, don't, I know we have at least two. <laughs> we have two in the top 15, right? Brian Burns is in there. Uh, or at least, yeah, at least two. Mario Addison and Brian Burns. Are are high up that list, so we have two of them right now. So yeah, yeah we're doing okay, boys. All right, last yeah. call of the night. Hey guys, special K Cody man. My wife saw you as we were going in. She didn't hey, tell hey. me, so I didn't freaking oh, get to see you. And do we have some sunscreen? I'd be happy to share. Right. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. All I'm saying is that uh, I like to see the big guys. You know, Arma and freaking Thomas just. The offensive line open up, open up the gaps like they did last week, and just have those guys bang the secondary and the tackles and just wear them down. Let McCaffrey do his thing in the middle, you know. Let Olsen do his thing in the middle, but just let them bang down the, you know, the tackles and the offensive line. I love to see that happen, and just really throw Tampa Bay off their game. That first drive, by the way, that first drive against the Jaguars, I love that they had, they had the Jaguars on their heels, man. They didn't know what was happening. 
and that was just beautiful. But I uh, wish I had caught you guys. Uh, great game, and let's go to London. Keep pounding, bro. Bye. All right. Thank you. Um, thank you for all the support, guys, in the chat room. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. Share the show. Subscribe. Come on, get one person to subscribe. I look at – I feel like we're one of the most – one of the largest voices in Panther Nation when it comes to podcasting and YouTube and some different things. But we have one of the lowest subscriber groups, but our subscribers are loyal. I guess we only court people that are going to watch each and every week. But thank you for your support. Rate and review. Share the show with a friend. Call in to the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. And check out some of that C3 gear. We've got the I Stand with Cam t-shirts and the Keep Pounding t-shirts. There are the one we're pushing this year we do a new t-shirt each year help support the podcast that way i'd like to welcome rafael esparza head odds maker for mybookie.ag the most trusted sports book in america the one that i use are you sure if you are going to use it you use the promo code overtime rafael welcome back week six now odds third time on the show thanks for coming back thank you for having me it's a fun time especially a fun time for you panther fans i mean playing some good football Boy, we are rocking and rolling at this point. I think when you win three, you can call it a streak. Yeah, I, I agree. And now uh, hopefully uh, the English Premier League fans at Tottenham Stadium uh, will we'll see a good Carolina team, and hopefully the, your fans will see a bad Jamerson team. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? The problem with the Bucks is it seems every other week, doesn't it? Every, oh, you know. it's, it's, it's <laughs> puzzling, puzzling. <laughs> so, well, let's, let's start with that. So, you know – Setting the line for a London game, what do you take into in, into account? Because I've read that, well, before last week, the favorite was 15-9 and nine versus the spread. Now, I guess last week was the upset Oakland over uh, the Bears. That was a London game, correct? Yes. All right, so now it's 15-10 and 10 against the spread. It seems pretty even on the over-under. What do you take into account when thinking about the London game, and should uh, betters take anything in account, or is it just uh, par for course? Uh, when you're looking at posting a number on a, a England game, you, A, you have to look at who's the hottest team coming in there because the public is going to bet that hot team knowing that it's in England and almost treat not treat it like a home game, but just treat it, okay, what's the best game? What's the best team on paper? What's the best team on a football field? That's why this some books opened this one up around Tampa Bay minus one, quickly got bumped all the way up to Carolina minus two. And over the summer, we thought Tampa Bay might be a little bit intriguing team. We op actually opened up Tampa Bay minus two throughout the summer. So some very interesting numbers on this game, and I continue to see probably Carolina money piling in. This could be exactly what happened last week where the Bears opened up four, three and a half and four, and got bet all the way up to six, six and a half. Would not be shocked if we see Carolina do the same thing on this one. Get Carolina early if you want them. Now, last week I heard that there was big money made, or you could have made big money if you would have bet Christian McCaffrey to score the first touchdown. How the heck do you prop bet a game or or set lines for prop bets? Yeah, I mean, if the season ended right now, he got my vote for MVP. I mean, everyone everyone was all over Lamar Jackson for the first couple of games, but he had he was playing against the Sun Belt division. Look like it. What Miami, the Jets? I mean, come on, really. But what McCaffrey has done is just—I mean, he's the whole offense. I mean, the run game, the short game—he's—it's just unbelievable. And, and he's Kyle Island's best friend, and I think that helps Kyle Island because now he doesn't have to put so much pressure knowing that he has McCaffrey not just running the ball but passing. But yeah, we're probably going to bump at least put five to ten extra yards on all McCaffrey props 
uh, this week because what, what he did last week was just unbelievable. What is it? What has happened to his uh, the props for uh, MVP? I know Mahomes has been in the leader, and you mentioned earlier Lamar Jackson. But man, every week the odds have to, you know, it's not as long of a shot for Christian McCaffrey to be that uh, MVP. No, I mean it's going to be interesting to see what it, how it flattens out. So, I mean, we'll we'll adjust them uh, when it comes to that. But yeah, MVP odds has just been really interesting for right now. I mean, yeah, we have so much money on Mahomes. Last time I checked, he was plus one fifty. But McCaffrey, who was around double digits pretty much all season, because everyone had Holmes, of course, Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott was hot. I mean, he went from, from uh, I think six to one now to like probably twenty to one. Uh, but McCaffrey's probably right up there, probably 7-1 last time I checked. Uh, it's going to be interesting because there's some other names that are popping up. Deshaun Watson, who had a big game for Houston uh, uh, last week, his numbers are popping up. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting what happens uh, week after week. But right now, he's my MVP. Most of the lines this week are pretty tight, except for two. <laughs> uh, the Giants uh, are are getting 16, uh, 17 points from the Patriots. Patriots 17-point favorites. I just feel like you should always bet the Patriots against the line. You would win more times than not. And I don't even know if 17 is enough to scare me away at all from the uh, for picking the Patriots against the Giants. I could see that. But, I mean, the Giants have been playing a lot better. I mean, everyone thought they were going to be a garbage team in that division. That's a, uh, but I kept on saying they were going to be much better than they were than Washington. So I think the Giants will play this a little bit closer. That's a big number. Granted, the, the New England's 5-0. and I think they've only covered three of those games, and those two right. big double digits, uh, they they have not covered. So, I mean, yeah, they covered last week against Washington, but they didn't cover against Buffalo. They or didn't the Jets. cover against the Jets. Yeah. So, yeah, I could, I could see why that's happened. I, if you're going to bet New England, bet it now. But if you're going to bet the Giants, I say wait, because I would not be shocked if this thing goes up to 17, 17 and a half. All right. So the other big game is it looks like Baltimore's heavy favorite against the Bengals. The the Bengals they're are they still under uh are they still on no wins on the scorecard for them? Yeah, they're 0 and 5. Yeah. All right. So the Bengals will I went can you place a bet? What would be the odds if I wanted to bet that the Bengals or the Dolphins or a team was going to go winless for the whole year? We have prop bets like that up early. We took them down, but I think I'm going to readdress them. If, if the Bengals lose again this week and the Miami loses in the toilet bowl uh, this week against Washington, uh, we, we, I might put up a whole bunch of betting props. Well, all three go winless. Or, oh, no. We, yeah, we, we, that's what I want to do. I want to do a parlay. A parlay on yeah, both might, of them losing. <laughs> if, if, one, if the loser loses between the Washington and Miami and, let's say, Cincinnati, I want to do – well, I'll do a whole bunch of betting props where they both go winless uh, and stuff like that. So I, I want to probably wait for that one because I could do a, probably a lot of fun prop bets uh, when it goes to uh, those two teams. Yeah, because right now, how do you set the line for a game like uh, the Was- the Redskins at Miami? I mean, you've got a team that it was already terrible when they had their coach. They fired their coach in some weird 5 a.m. A- a- meeting, uh, which everybody knew was coming. And then you've got uh, the Dolphins, to me. They are uh, – and, and you've got the Redskins set as the favorite here to go on the road and beat the Dolphins with no head coach and no players. How do you – I'm I'm taking I think I want the Dolphins. 
I'm going to be rooting for the Dolphins. But let's face it, both teams are garbage. I mean, yes. Washington's last two games, they scored 10 points total. And if you're a head coach and you have a meeting at 5 a.m., you don't go. Call off. Say you're sick or something. <laughs> don't go to that meeting. Try to keep your job and your health insurance at least one more day longer. But yeah, for this job, for this team right here, I'm I, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take Miami, and I think the public is going to bet Washington on this game for some odd reason. But I'm going to take Miami. I think if you're going to look at quarterbacks, give me Josh Rosen over any of those quarterbacks Washington has. I'm going to take the plus points. I think Miami wins this one. All right, and uh, there is the 41 is the over-under in that game. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers are surging right now, and uh, the Rams have have shown some vulnerabilities this season. Uh, I would say that the Monday night performance by the 49ers, did that move the number at all? It did a little bit. I mean, it moved probably a quick uh, full point. It's between three and a half and four, depending on which shops. Uh, you like it, but but I I agree on this. But this is going to be very interesting. If you're the Rams, you need a good showing in this one because you've been slumping. You've had some bad injuries, especially on defense. You need a big win because uh, you don't want to be slipping down on the seedings right now. Shooting, maybe slipping down for maybe not even making the playoffs. But in San Francisco, short week, so I think the money will probably come in on the Rams. We have three and a half. We'll not be shocked if this thing closes around four, four and a half. But let's face it, what's the 49ers really played? They played Cleveland. They played Pittsburgh. They played Cincinnati. They played Tampa. They played the Chargers. It's not like they played elite teams like the Rams have played. They played the Seahawks. They played the Saints. They played Carolina. I mean, the, the schedule is much tougher than the Rams did. I like the Rams in the spots, uh, but I can guarantee you we're going to be big Jimmy G uh, fans uh, on Sunday because I think the public's going to bet the Rams. I bet you are. Now let's turn to the NFC South. Is Why is the Jacksonville Jaguars New Orleans Saints a pick them? Yeah, this one's – I could see Jacksonville winning this game. It's, it got oh. bet up. Uh, it got bet up a little bit. So when we first opened up that number, it's pick them. Some shops have won one and a half. We took uh, some uh, some money on the Saints this afternoon. But this one's interesting. I, I understand why they we, we made Jacksonville the small favorite, just because I think the money's going to come in. Let's face it, Bridgewater only had one really good game uh, while he's been playing, and that was last week against Tampa. And we maybe we just saw the real Tampa Bay team not the Tampa Bay team that threw up 50-plus points against the Rams. So Jacksonville's played much better uh, as of late. I was really impressed with that win, uh, comfort behind win at Denver. They beat Tennessee. Uh, but they lost to Jackson or Carolina team. Let's face it, they, they hung around that game the whole time, scoring 27 against uh, a defense that I thought has been playing really, really good, the Panthers' D. I can see why the public uh, will probably take Jacksonville in this matchup. Falcons are on the road uh, against the Cardinals. The line is two and a half favorites for the Falcons. And at this point, I don't think I can pick the Falcons to do anything right. And I know that that is, I mean, their defense is atrocious. They can't get clicking on offense. It's just a mess over there, and it shouldn't be. Are the Arizona Cardinals, what do you think about the Cardinals here? If you don't like this game, don't bet it. But if you like this game, why would you put your hard-earned money on the Atlanta Falcons. They have shown us nothing, absolutely nothing all season because they're not only just one and four, but they're one and four against the spread. I mean, I can guarantee you the public is going to pay them. We're probably big Falcon fans on Sunday at well, but I can, I'm sorry. State Farm Stadium, the Cardinals got one win already last week. I think they went back to back wins. Take the home dog on this one. Uh, I'm actually shocked because I think the Cardinals offense is getting better week after week. And I'm just, I'm sorry, that Atlanta Falcons uh, team is just garbage. Quinn, 
uh, he he better not answer the phone on Black Monday when the season's over. He I better know. just maybe take the phone off or or, or, or start your vacation early because he will be the first head coach fired on Black Monday. I asked you a couple of weeks ago what the odds were. You said you guys don't. The NFL doesn't really do it. But boy, if he there's he might be if he makes it to that Monday, he'll be lucky at this point. All right, the last game of the week is Monday night. Detroit Lions at Green Bay Packers. If you want to get a little action late, this is a game that might uh, interest a lot of people. Oh, actually, before I got that, I had a good question about this. Is what what you guys? How'd you guys make out in that Dallas game last week? I bet did, did oh, people we, bet Dallas? Yeah, because we actually moved it to four. Some shops had four and a half before kickoff. We actually got off that three, three and a half. So yeah, big win for us. I mean, Grizz. Uh, thank you for that NFC North Bears losing and the Packers winning at Jerry's World because those two outcomes were, were good for us. Uh, my wife's actually shopping uh, now with all that money we made. <laughs> now tell us about this Packers game. The Lions are not as bad as people say they are. I don't think, but I think the Green Bay Packers are far better than people think they are. I, I totally agree with you. And this what a great money. And I, I'm sorry. What a great division right now. But I think best division in football because they all four of these teams play defense. Lions, Bears, Packers, Vikings. Outstanding defense, I believe, right now. Best defense are in, in the division. Uh, could be the Green Bay Packers. I think that's why they win. You could get the Packers at plus 110 right now for the division. I think that's outstanding value to get plus money because I think they're the best overall team defense and offense i mean we all know about vikings kirk cousins sometimes can't get that long ball to go his way bears quarterback issues uh, i just think with aaron Rodgers and that defense i'm a little bit shocked that it, it's short at four four and a half I would, this one the public will move it up to green bay i would be shocked if this one's not a solid six by kickoff would you be surprised if this was a low scoring game uh, yes, because the both teams play defense, but the Green Bay Packers don't. We still remember what happened last year. Uh, I, I think it was before New Year's. I want to say it was either the twenty or the thirtieth or the 29th of December, where the Lions beat the Packers thirty-one to nothing. So they remember that. So I think uh, we we might see. I don't want to say a butt whooping like that, but forty-seven. That's a pretty high number uh, for a big defense, especially uh, the way the Packers uh, controlled the, uh, both the lines of offense and defense against the Cowboys. All right, Raphael, tell them where they can go and bet money, get paid real money, and uh, be and feel good about doing it. Besides your house, you can jump over to mybookie.ag, get that 100% sign-up bonus. Uh, click that on there right now. If you put up a deposit of $200, we'll put an additional $200 into your account. Fantastic, because you got football starting on Wednesday this week, college football Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday of football. Go uh, baseball playoffs. The hockey has dropped. The NBA preseason. This is a great way to uh, watch some sports, put some action on, ignore the loved ones, and bet some sports. Make sure you use the promo code overtime. That's the promo code overtime. Raphael, we'll catch up with you next week. Take it easy. Have a fantastic week. You too. All right, guys, let's kind of take a break here and turn our attention to the larger NFL. We're going to move on to our interview with Raphael Esparza, head odds maker for mybookie.ag. Guys, what we got to do next is make our picks for the week. And uh, it should be, it's the good news is we only have to make three because there's two teams that we're, we were playing to, right? Panthers versus Bucks in London. Panthers right now are a, the line has moved from a one and a half to two points 
favorite for the Panthers. Uh, it is a home game technically for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Revenge game for Gerald McCoy. Cody, who do you think is winning this week? So, yeah, I uh, I was hoping that I wasn't going to be a jinx and that every time I picked the Panthers to lose, they would win. And then when I picked them to win, they would lose. Uh, I picked them to beat Jacksonville, and they did beat Jacksonville. So um, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna keep it alive. Um, I'm, I I kind of agree with our with our guest. I, I do think that there are some um, some exploitable holes on their defense, and um, I don't know. I'm interested to see how many points they put up on us. Right now, I'll I'll say 24-17 Carolina gets it done. CK, what you got? So the the part of this that I, I think goes our way, and if there's anything to be said about home field advantage, um, F.A. Obotic gives that to us in London. Yep. Tell me there isn't going to be a large showing for the only, you know, U.K., son of the U.K. that's going to show yeah. up in London and play. Like, that's tell a me great that's point. Not, tell me that's not going to be a, a Panthers – fan base there the entire way anyway beyond that uh, i do think when i go back and i even look at that game against i mean let's 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 even take into account the rams game let's let's forget about the panthers game the rams game the buccaneers were were killing it but they were also playing jared goff who mind you if you guys didn't know has one of the worst quarterback ratings from the second half of last year on if you haven't looked, Jared Goff. He is, yeah, he is second yeah. to last in quarterback rating from, I guess, I think it was week 13 of last year to week five of this year. So you're not playing a quarterback who's been playing very well. Um, so take that out of the equation. Take that defense out of the equation. I think even if you go back to week two, we just we had a fantastic game plan. It just wasn't being executed because we had a quarterback who was just not playing to his capacity. Um, so I, I think when we look at that, I think we have a lot of holes to exploit. I think the Panthers win. And I think, and this is overly optimistic, but I think we put at least 35 points up on that defense. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey maybe has a bit of a step back from what he had against Jacksonville. He's still over a hundred yards, but it's going to be 35, 17. Panthers. Oh, all right. All right, Greg, what you got? Okay. Uh, I'm very close to what CK has here, except I'm a little, a uh, little more um, optim- not optimistic, I guess. But uh, I feel a little better about the the Bucks offense than he does. And uh, based on the weapons they have and what we've done so far, you know, I sat DJ Chark in all three of my leagues this week because we have oh, the number one pass defense. A... Mm. <laughs> and, and, I, and I lost all three of my games this week because I sat DJ Chark. So I'm going to say it's going to be a 34-31 win, Carolina. Uh, we're going to squeak it out at the end, and we're going to win by three points. So 34-31. All right. Um, I'm feeling confident, too. I'm thinking I like this 35 number, and I do think I think it's going to be 35-24 to 24 Panthers, and this is my reasoning. Can you stop CMC twice? No. And if you do, you sell out. You sell out entirely to stop CMC. And what we heard is that their secondary is trash. They said, you heard the guy say it. They can't cover down the field. So if you sell sell out for CMC, I think that North Turner is going to make you pay with play action. 
and we've got some horses in the stable that can run, and it's going to be hard to keep up with them. Number two, home field advantage definitely goes to F.A. Obata, right, is that we know there's a strong Panther fan base in the U.K. already. They're vocal. They're proud of it. I don't know what that is for Tampa, but you add in F.A. Obata to the equation, and boom, we got the home field advantage. You also heard number three point. They've got two injured offensive linemen. Underground West pointed this out. They're starting two backups this week. It's time for McCoy to eat. The Panthers win this one handedly. And I said 35-24, and that's that's being a little gracious. But I do think that, I mean, there are t- this, our team has surrendered points. Let's go ahead. And while we did say this, though, was um, a home game, I got something to show you guys. And uh, here's a little video that the Panthers put out about. Hey, I'm FL Bada. We're about to come to London. But before we do, I want to know what my teammates know. If you get a question right, I'm going to give you a piece of amazing dairy milk chocolate. What do Londoners call French fries? I don't know what. Hot potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> what do Londoners call French fries? Chips. There you go. What does the word knackered mean? Knackered? Knack- I don't know, man. What does the word knackered mean? No chocolate for me. <laughs> <laughs> means tired. Man, this chocolate is fire. I know. What's the name of the queen? Oh, Lord. <laughs> What's the name of the queen? <laughs> Elizabeth. Ooh, I like Trey, Bo- yeah! Trey Boston is smart. All right, which way should yeah. you look when crossing the street in London? Okay. Both ways. Thank you, Reggie. That's actually right. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> what color are most cabs in London? Red. White. <laughs> I like it. I like it. The answer is black. What is a lift? It's what you got this morning. What is a lift? Elevator. Hey. <laughs> what is the tube? The tube? Yeah. Oh, the TV. Look at that guy's TV. face. Yeah, I said the TV. What is the tube? A <laughs> uh, television. Why does everybody say television? The tube is an underground system. Willy Wonka, I will come see you. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. Thank Evie for having me. Uh, I'm going to meet y'all at the London. At the London. Who is the guy with the mustache? There is a Christian player. Miller, bro. Christian Miller. That's Christian Miller? Yeah, Christian dude looks Miller, old. Yeah, yeah he's mustache, rocking the 70s mustache. That mustache is the truth. In fact, that's what this Minshew mustache yeah. just turned into a Miller mustache. <laughs> he, he, he looks like a 1970s highway patrolman on a motorcycle. Yeah, he looks like the dude from Super Troopers. Yeah. He does. Uh, what's pretty cool, man, I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter, but he actually does uh, these things where he has people private message him and uh, with ponds, and he'll go fishing at your pond if you let him. <laughs> he likes to fish, huh? Yeah, that's dude. A, that's a, I did see the video with him and Caroline Can talking about fishing. So yeah, yeah that's a yeah. He's an outdoorsman. He does all, all right. kind of hunting and stuff. I think uh, Vegas would tell us a bunch of suckers. We're putting all the money on Carolina this week. <laughs> is that the money's heavy the other way? Maybe the line's going to creep up. We'll see what the line does. Next, I, I, may, I, I, wanna... I may change one piece if Dante Jackson isn't playing. That 17 jumps up to 28. Yeah. Well, for, uh, all reports are indicating that he will play, though, unless I'm, yeah. unless I'm wrong, unless I read that wrong. I do want to say, I, I mentioned it earlier, I said one more thing. I know we're going to move on. Uh, James Bradbury versus Mike Evans. 
is the number two matchup to watch. The number one matchup is Shaquille Barrett on Dennis Daly. Yeah, you're right. That 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 is going to be a huge matchup. We're going to see the difference between Shaquille Barrett on Daryl Williams and Dennis Daly, and we're hoping that's a night and day difference. And we'll so, that, see, so yeah. we're for sure out. Trey Turner's for sure out, um, and Greg Little is for sure out. I believe so. Well, we don't I mean, know, I, but we're assuming that Greg Little's probably going to be rested through the right, bye okay. at this well, point. Don't want to let that. Yeah, you don't want to risk that. Yeah, I think they're going to play it safe on Greg Little since this is his second scare of the year. Okay. Um, and all right, so next game is um, New Orleans at versus Jacksonville. Strange. This is crazy. This game is a pick'em according to Vegas, or not Vegas, according to mybookie.ag. Forty-four and a half over under. The Saints, can they continue their run in Jacksonville? See, uh, we start with Cody. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it would, yeah. Uh, I think uh, they, they're going to do it. Uh, listen, I, I'm feeling right now uh, it, it might be early, but it doesn't matter if it's Breeze or Bridgewater. If, if we're going to win this division, we're going to have to beat the Saints. I, I, we're not going to be able to depend on any other football team. Uh, I just, I, I'm tired of hoping for other football teams to take them down a notch. Uh, the, the Saints are going to be annoying until forever. And we, if we want this, we're going to have to do it ourselves. So, yeah, I think the Saints are going to win. Um, I'll say um, 31-17. That's a good score. All right, what you got, CK? Man, let me ask you this. Is Jalen Ramsey going to play? Do we know that yet? I don't think so. I don't think he's ever going to play. Yeah, I think he's done. I don't think he's going to play. Uh, yeah, he wants they, out. Did you hear this nonsense? Who was it that said that someone off? Oh, a student of mine told me that someone offered them five draft picks for Jalen Ramsey. He said no. Oh, my gosh. Five? Yeah. What? They were probably like uh, a second and then like a 2022 fifth rounder and – Something yeah, crazy. Exactly. Had to be something like that. That's way yeah, like the like the Bills just yeah. draft or just traded away Zay Jones for a 2021 fifth round draft pick. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my god! You go to the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, dude. That hurts. Me. Um, um uh, who yeah. you got, CK? Uh, I, you know, I got. Uh, I, it's so hard to pick against the Saints, man. I, I got to go to the Saints, and I, I don't think it's close. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a. a a 35 point ball game just as well as the Panthers. And I think it's, I don't think Jacksonville puts up nearly the production. Uh, I think they do 14 points. Greg. Uh, I'm still like four games behind. So the smart thing to do would be to play the odds and, uh, you know, go for an upset, but I'm going to go against that. And I'm going to say the Saints take this game because they're at home. Uh, 27 21 Saints. Yeah, I just feel like this is 28 21. I just feel for no, me, they haven't missed yeah, yeah, I feel for me that I'm with CK. Is like, is I mean, why would you pick against the Saints? There's no evidence again. It's like that whole cam discussion at that point. All the evidence is pointing that the Saints are going to win somehow. Now, um, so I'm taking the Saints until they lose. Right, is that I'm not picking against them until they uh, lose. 
and uh, I think it's going to be. I would wonder: can Christian, uh, can Alvin Kamara replicate what Christian McCaffrey did a little bit? We'll nope. see if that happens. Nope. He's not as uh, <laughs> good of a back. He can't do it. He's not as good of a back. And by the way, I'm so glad you said that. Tony, I know you hate me. I know you're trying to move on so bad. I've said that Christian McCaffrey is a better player than Kamara for a long time now. And I even got hit for it a little bit on the show. But if you look at the offensive lines that Kamara has had versus what Christian McCaffrey has had and and, and, and the production that McCaffrey has put up. Let's put in the the mix Michael Thomas as well. Yeah, 100%. There has been so much more around Kamara, and they've been around equal equal production. Now you put more talent on the Panthers, and look at what Christian McCaffrey looks at now, or looks like now. So I, I call my Mc- shots. I think Christian McCaffrey has a much higher ceiling than Kamara. Um, yeah. So absolutely agree with you there. Well, I think um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's right comparing either i mean i think they're great players i think one of the things is kamara kamara's season that has had the christian mccaffrey season already you know i mean he had it his rookie year that christian mccaffrey has this year he had a great year but he didn't have the year he's not having half the yeah he didn't have half the year that mccaffrey's having this year he did did not cross a thousand and a thousand and mccaffrey is well over that at the year like he is. Okay. He has not had nearly the year McCaffrey has. I think uh, the longevity will be there for McCaffrey. I think Kamar is a fantastic player, though. So, um, oh, don't oh, discount that. Don't he discount is. that. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Top top three or three or four in the NFL. But he's still behind McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a problem saying that at all. Is I I might not have said that as with certainty last year though. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would have said, hey, they're both equivalent type players. But, yeah, McCaffrey is, has had yeah, a start this year that is, I agree. Yeah. you know, is, is just sensational. What's, what's interesting is you – and I'll move on. I apologize. But uh, what's interesting is Kamara has had a step back as far as production from last year, and they don't even have Ingram on the team. You know? Yeah, because they yeah. got – what's his name? Who's pretty good, man. He's always been pretty good. Um, uh, Murray, uh, Latavius Murray. Murray. Yeah, Latavius I've, Murray. I've always liked him. I think he's a great combo back to put with yeah. um, Kamara. But also, hey, Ingram is pretty badass still, too, it turns out. Mm-hmm. I just all remember right. all the mock drafts that I just remember all the mock drafts that said, uh, like the, the redoing the draft that said we should have took Lattimore or we should have took Alvin Kamara uh, instead of Christian McCaffrey. Nah, dude. Yeah, I'm taking McCaffrey every single day over all those. I think also too is just. I mean, the real. I mean, it's an easy answer with Christian McCaffrey. Even though I said that some of it was because of how good he's doing this year. Did any of you really think about taking Kamara overall number one in your fantasy league? Because I took Christian McCaffrey number one in my fantasy league for without question. It wasn't even a hesitation. After that, yeah. After that, it was Saquon Barkley. It wasn't even Alvin Kamara. A question after that, it was Saquon Barkley. Right. Yeah. Right. And I still took you know? McCaffrey. I thought I, I knew McCaffrey. I said it before the season started. Then I thought McCaffrey was going to be the best back in the league by the end of the year. And yeah. And I'm not. I mean, I know Saquon is sensational, but I'm I'm ready. I know McCaffrey is just as every bit as sensational in my opinion. All right. Uh, last Better. game to pick for us is the Falcons at the Cardinals. The Falcons, 
How Ooh. glorious is this? The Falcons Ooh, suck more than I even wanted them to suck almost. Like, I don't even know how to say it. Like, I was like, if I more than I even hoped they sucked. They suck so bad. Dan Quinn, if he makes it through the end of the year, to me, it will be uh, a godsend for him and his health insurance plan. And second, um, you know, I know we don't fire a lot of coaches midstream. Washington just did. But the what is wrong with the Falcons? They are broken. Their offensive line is in tatters. Uh, they have almost zero pass rush. Um, uh, it, it's another season of, um, you know, the Falcons. The Falcons have so much talent on their offense, but they're just – they're inept, man. That coach and staff can't get on a roll. They, they're just they're, – they're, you saw what good coaching will do. You see what it does with Teddy Bridgewater – with uh, old, old Pouty, um Sean Payton in New Orleans, and you saw what Kyle Shanahan did for Atlanta. This is a bad football team, and uh, yeah, when, when you aren't able to protect your quarterback or rush after the other one, you're dead on arrival. I have no here. I'll jump into my prediction right now. I'm I'll picking the Cardinals. Ari- yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking Arizona. I'm taking Arizona. Um, I'll say. Uh, uh, 33 to 17. Man. I'm tired of getting burned by the Falcons, man. That's the thing is I'm going to pick them again. If I pick them this week, um, you said, Cody said 33, 17. What you got, CK? I think it's, uh, I'm, I'm doing this out of hope because I picked them last week against Houston. Um, and they, they didn't win. And so I'm going to pick them again this week and hope that they just do exactly what they did against Houston. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm hoping that that's the case. I think that, I think that the Falcons win only because the Arizona Cardinals made Kyle Allen look like he was a, uh, uh, an elite quarterback. So when you actually have talent, that is going to be Matt Ryan's arm, which is pretty, you know, as overrated as he is, he's got a really great arm. Um, and then you put those uh, receivers out there. I think it's uh, I think it's 28-21, and that's just because I think Murray uh, escapes any pressure that they allow to get through the line. All right. Uh, go ahead. Uh, you know, this is my catch-up game. I think that the Falcons are garbage. <laughs> uh, the, look, here's the thing is you need to, to win. NFL on offense, you need a mid to high level receiver, a mid to high level quarterback, a mid to high level running back, and at least one player on the offensive line that is a mid to high level player on the offensive line. The Falcons lack that. Therefore, I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals 17-14 Arizona and uh, that's my catch-up game. I got to catch up with Cody, man. Dude, if the Falcons lose to the Cardinals, they might be the worst team in football. And there's some bad, there's some bad fucking teams, man. And we're talking about the Dolphins. Everybody was like, oh, Atlanta's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, New Orleans and Atlanta. No, and then I I love nothing more than to see the demise of those shitbirds, dude. I love it so much. It fills my soul with joy. 
do the yeah. uh, do the Cardinals have a taste for winning? You know, they won over. You know what? I'm going with the Falcons. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going with the Falcons. I can't do it. I look at this. This is the stat that changed my mind. Look, Kyler Murray, 20 for 32, 253. No touchdowns in the air. Not bad. 10 for 93 on the ground uh, with a touchdown. That's pretty cool. David Johnson, three catches, 65 yards. 17 for 91 on the ground. Nothing great. But here's the deal. It's not that stat. It's this one. Tyler Boyd, 10 catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown from Andy Dalton. Um, Julio gets it done. That's what I'm saying. All right. And, all, right. Uh, all right. Those are our picks, okay. guys. Now, um, we're going to – if you listen to the uh, audio podcast, uh, we've got um, Rafael Esparza coming on uh, to go over the betting lines. Now, guys, we need to finish up. All right. Now that we've done that, let's uh, hit the final segment of the show, uh, the Ice Up Picks of the Week. And this is where we get to ice up, to toughen up, to tell someone to get it together. Cody, uh, do you want to start this week? You said you had a lot. Yeah, I have no problem uh, going first. Uh, So listen, uh, I'm sure uh, many of you have probably heard this story by now uh, involving uh, the Kansas City Jayhawks and uh, their, the performance that they decided to have uh, before one of their games or whatever, they decided to have the one and only Snoop Dogg perform. And this drew a ton of I controversy. I we already had this story before. I feel like we had this same thing last year, too. Dude, so listen. Uh, so the, uh, Snoop Dogg does a show for the Jayhawks, and he has money guns and a girl on a stripper pole, and, you know, being fucking Snoop Dogg. And now they're issuing all these apologies, and uh, the NCAA doesn't promote this kind of action. Look, hey, dumbasses, did you not know who Snoop Dogg was before you asked him to play a concert? Like, have you ever heard of Snoop Dogg in your entire life? What other performance did, did, did you expect the man to put on? It's not a Snoop Dogg performance if there isn't a stripper pole and a woman riding up and down that pole on the stage, man. Come on, dude. We're talking about Snoop Dogg. So, man, I, it's another uh, example of the outrage culture, people trying to clean up their act uh, for the sake of saving face. And it's so disingenuous, man. Um, so to the Jayhawks and the NCAA for uh, walking back a Snoop Dogg performance, ice up, son. It's reminiscent of uh, 2016. I knew I've heard this story before. The Georgia uh, spring game, they hired Ludacris to do the halftime show. And yeah. Part, and part of his – they paid him $65,000 – and part of his request was like condoms, two bottles of cognac, and like Skittles or something. And they, oh, oh, here it was: an ironing iron, an ironing board, several bottles of alcohol, two packs of double A and triple A batteries, six T-shirts, a hairbrush, rechargeable toothbrush were all part of his grocery list. 
<laughs> uh, uh, so pretty funny uh, there. Ice up to you. Um, what you got, Greg? Uh, okay, I got. Uh, I'm gonna ice myself up. Okay, Ooh, another weird. one. I don't know if anybody's done it before, but I'm yeah. icing myself you up. Do it all because, the time. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I am. What is it? Thirteen and two, right now, or no, twelve and three right now. Fan, or excuse me. Three and twelve right now in fantasy in my Ooh, three leagues. That's a lot different. And I could have, <laughs> and I could have. Yeah, it's a lot different. And I could have won every damn game I played. I could be fourteen and one right now if I had just started the right damn players. So for me, overanalyzing. This is the reason why first year players are always the best because they don't overthink things. I have overthought it every week. I am icing myself up, and I'm going to win at least one of my leagues this year based on the fact that I am last place in every league right now. Eyes up, Greg. <laughs> Eyes up. I believe in you, though. You're, you're turning is any Is anybody ready to ice up Greg for being in 14 different fantasy football leagues? <laughs> or seven? <laughs> no, seven, that's at least four fantasy football leagues. I honestly don't know how I mean, Greg I mean, I mean, three. I mean, three. three yeah. Okay. So I could be four, four, 14 and one. Yeah, we're three, five. So. Dude, CK, there are people that are in like a million different leagues. I don't know how they can. I can't even shit. keep up with the C3 league. I can't. I just get. To, I can't even keep up with the show. All yeah. Right, uh, I, I, my I, life. Sitting DJ Shark, man. Sitting DJ Shark is so horrible. I'm never going to sit him again, ever, ever, ever in my life. DJ like, Shark, the Shark, the Shark. CK, CK, <laughs> what you got oh, for God, us? Dude, let me say it. Hey man, I think this might be unpopular, but I'm going to, I'm going to go back to, um, so, so let's just in honor of Jordan gross, Jordan gross, when he retired, he said, it's one of the greatest honors for him to have played in one place and retired and just been loved by an organization like the Carolina Panthers. Um, and so many players long to be able to play in one place and not go around and move to all these different teams. So when you retire from a place with the ability to be a one-team person and then come out of retirement to go to the Jets, Mm. I love you. Trust me, I love you, Ryan Khalil. I do. But you made one of the worst mistakes coming out of retirement to go to the Jets and be a part of one of the worst offensive lines in the history of offensive lines playing for the Jets. You, I, I, I hate that that happened. It, it, it bugs me to my core because I wanted to be able to have that pride of saying Ryan Khalil was only a Panther and never was anything else. But then you left and you went to the, I mean, you left in a really good manner and in your retirement speech said almost the exact same thing. So many players just love the idea of being able to play in one place. And you were so honored to be able to do say that. And then you go to the jets and you, you with to a team who, by all accounts, were definitely going to be a contender, have not been a contender. You know, I just I hate it because I love Ryan Khalil, but I have to ice you up, Ryan Khalil, for going to the Jets to be a part of one of the worst teams in the NFL thus far. Are you ice up, throw so. ice at uh, TD? TD didn't retire though. Oh, okay. TD was cut. That's true. That's a good point. TD. That's an excellent point. And I'll let you know, I'll let you know, going to the Jets, be careful, because the Jets may still be a playoff team. What? 
Uh, this year? Oh, or like in like 2024. Dude, no, they still play year, the Patriots and the Bills. As soon as Donald comes back, man, they are still going to be a playoff. Donald was there and he didn't do anything. Well, okay. Um, all right. I, I don't know if they're going to be a, a playoff team, but I do agree with Greg. I do think that like the quarterback situation has been just terrible for them. I think when Sam Donald like, comes back. That they could be, I I think they could be an eight and eight or maybe even the nine and seven uh, team. Mm-hmm. It, it, but that all depends on Sam Donald. They, they do have talent. Ten, ten sacks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, ten yeah, I mean, hey. sacks <laughs> in one game. Hey, Le'Veon Bell is missing Pittsburgh right now. I'll give you that. He is missing yeah. Pittsburgh. I'm and just Quentin saying. Williams is hurt too, and Quentin right Williams now, is a beast. Do you, as as the Jets organization, right now? You have the ability to continue the track you're on, build your team even more than what people thought they were going to be this year, or you can come back and hope for an 8-8 eight eight season, get no real draft capital by doing so. Because right now, I think it's a lost season. Even if they come back and run the table, they're not going to get a. They're not going to win the division with the New York, New England Patriots. No, there, no, the 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 Buffalo Bills are four and one, and they're not looking like they're. Uh, a pushover right now because they did give it to the 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 uh, Patriots when they played them. So I mean, I think haven't played anybody but New England, and they lost to them. So barely, but you could say the same thing about New England. Two one in the chat room says that two two one says the Jets are the New York Dolphins. So <laughs> take t- that for what you will. <laughs> Man. Anyway, right, um, here my ice up pick. Yeah. My ASA pick, I got to put it up on the screen. So, Barrett, you guys won't be able to see it, but. Uh, hey, I'm uh, FL Bottom. Oh, no, that's not it. Where am I doing? All right, here. Got to add. Icing up FL? did not. Nah. Add, no, I'm not. Icing up come on, C- Come on, Tony. Get your stuff together, man. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> man. I had the kids by myself, man. Casual, my wife ca- wasn't even. Casual fan, man. It's a casual fan running the show. <laughs> You're so right. You're so. Right. Um, my favorite, my favorite casual fan, though. So, <laughs> is this? Oh, quick access. Come on, bring it to me. Ice up. Here it is. All right. So this pick here it goes. It's up right now. I can make it smaller. All right. So this guy wrote a letter to a Penn State fan. Oh, the dreadlocks. Um, <laughs> oh man. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. My bad. Dave Peterson. So Dave Peterson wrote this letter I've got on the screen. It says, Dear Jonathan, my wife and I are proud older graduates of Penn State. We follow all Penn State sports, football, wrestling, volleyball, gymnastics, basketball. I call bullshit right away. Right away, I know this guy is full of shit saying he follows gymnastics and volleyball. (laughs) volleyball. Shut shut up. We love it all. That's what he says. We love it all. I played all the sports in my younger days. Man, this guy is old as shit. Still played full court basketball into my 50s. Like that like that's nothing to brag about, homie. Every every 50-year-old man does that today. Shut up. Can I can I stop you one second? Yeah. I remember reading this. Was he not using Windows 95 when he wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It looks like it. Oh, okay. So he he typed it up on his Selectrics. All right. Um, all right. So he says, love the competition, but never had the size or the talent to reach your level. Though, 
the desire was there. Though the athletes of today are certainly superior to those in my days, improper semicolon use, we mm-hmm. miss the clean-cut young men and women from those days. Watching the Idaho game on TV, we couldn't help but notice, well, your awful hair. Surely there must be mirrors in the locker room. Don't you have parents or a girlfriend who have told you those shoulder-length dreadlocks look disgusting and are certainly not attractive? We congratulate you on your game against Pitt, but you need, uh, you need to remember you represent all Penn Staters, both current and those alum from years past. We would welcome the reappearance of dress codes for athletes. We certainly... You will certainly be playing on Sunday in the future, but we have stopped watching the NFL due to disgusting tattoos, awful hair, immature antics in the end zone. Players should act as though they've been there before. Oh, I them up, Tony. Ice Dave up. Peterson, first of all, act like you've been there before, you classless son of a bitch. Oh, you just acted like it. This is why black people say America is all racist, right? And this is why... <laughs> And I hate, I know, look, is that uh, white people want to continue to act like, hey, we're not all racist, like, and this and that. And we're not. But this is a fucking dickhead. Not yeah. only are you all racist. It's that, one, yeah. it's that 1%, dude. It's that 1%. Yeah. Can somebody get their grandpa, please? I don't even care if <laughs> yeah. the guy's black. I don't even care. Like, I mean, I don't care if it's, like, this is just being a jerk. At some point, no, you've made so many things that, and, and this just makes the world about you, Dave Peterson. You are a has been, you are a never was, and you have always will be a dickhead because, and, and I'm telling you, ice up, man. I mean, and learn how to use a fucking semicolon. <laughs> learn how to use it. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you fucking asshole. Not only, hey, you give grammar a bad name, you're a Penn Stater and you don't even know how to use semicolons, asshole. Also, why does anyone need your fucking opinion? Like, why are you why are you writing this? Who gives a damn about what what you have to say? Why does it matter to anyone other than you who wishes you could throw back America to a time when you liked shit better? Like, dude, just shut up. That is the power of a keyboard warrior, buddy. Yeah, hundred percent. Go away. Go, no, uh, that's a typewriter uh, warrior, brother. That's that's Microsoft work. What is it? Works. Yeah, dude. That, did you not see what I'm talking about? Like, it looks like he just he, he's still using that old. Uh, uh, he, he's just using an old ass computer with the Windows 95. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. I I I can't. I mean, it just makes me so mad because. You know, is that this is where so you have a group of of white people who think that people overblow how much um, entrenched racism has been is built into people's hearts, minds in the system. Right. There is a group of white people that don't recognize they just don't understand that it really exists. And. This is it. This is worse than calling somebody an N-word, in my opinion. Not it worse. That's not... It's like, this uh, is... Not, not worse, but it, it's, it's there. I'm yeah, it's the, the right same thing. It. It's the yeah. same thing to me. So, to you, ice up. Um, and to all my black brothers and sisters, I'm not black, but damn, you're beautiful. 
You're beautiful, even if you got <laughs> some dreadlocks. I can't. Tony, I think Dave Peterson is just that? mad he can't have dreadlocks. Tony, you mean to tell me you're not you're people. not black? Oh shit! I let the cat <laughs> out of the bag. I'm also not Dude, white. I'm also whoa! Not white. That's what, what I. Claim. I am not claiming to be white. I mean, people, you, people, man, that's all there is to it, brother. Right. You just knocked me on. You just knocked me on my ass. I didn't know that was possible. Right. I'm point two percent Nigerian, guys. Yeah. I believe yeah. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm German, Jewish, French, Canadian, so I'm as white as it gets. I don't know what I'm I am. A mutt, dog. I, I'm half <laughs> Italian. I don't know my biological father. Um, I mean, I know his name. He was not Italian, so I'm half Italian, half something else. But I am not getting my DNA done because in case I decide to become a serial killer later in life, I'm not giving my fucking DNA. <laughs> DNA.com or whatever. Hey, hey, Tony, it's not even about what you give out, though. Like, one of your kids can get the, the test, and then you're still in the same boat. Mm, yeah. I can't get arrested yeah. then. Can't get arrested. <laughs> Dave Peterson, watch your back. Guys, it's not about what we were in the past or our parents in the past of what we are right now. And right now we are all loving people that don't give a damn about who you are or what you you know think. Uh, we'll murder all. you over Cam Newton. Send this letter about Cam <laughs> yes. Newton, Dave exactly. Peterson. Exactly. Send this oh, letter man. about da- Cam Newton. <laughs> hey, no, that, ten- that Tennessee mom already did it, bro. I know. Yeah, she ain't got nothing. <laughs> is there a danger, Tony, that you might become a serial killer here in the future? Or is Should I be worried want- about these three games? did just learn yeah. that I'm not black. So how yeah, surprising maybe. would it be to learn that I was a serial killer? I mean, dude, my whole world is upside down right now. Right. No, he has to see the Joker movie before he becomes a serial killer, because apparently the Joker movie makes everybody a serial killer. Oh yeah, 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 true. All right, yes, yeah. Yes, see that first. So <laughs> he can't be, he can't be a serial killer because there's no one seen that movie that wasn't I know a we gotta, before. So I know we got to wrap this up, but the funny part about this is the fear of of Tony being a serial killer and the fact that you just said, well, we just found out he wasn't black is the, and I'm not going to make light of any tragedies that have taken place, but somebody posted the most hilarious meme and it said after any shooting and it's just a picture of Betty White. <laughs> it's Betty White. Oh, <laughs> anyway, right. sorry. All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We've got news. another Tuesday in the books. It was supposed to be a short show. Whenever I say it's going to be a short show, it, it goes is. long and strong. Follow we us on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Subscribe to the podcast. Um, and you just look up C3 Panthers podcast, wherever the hell you're listening to it right now. Share it. Just click the button and share. Do a solid for your man. Do a solid for your brother right here, Tony. All right, share the show. Help support us however you can in whatever way. And it's by coming here on Tuesday nights and downloading the podcast. Cody, how can they get after you on Twitter? At Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Hit me up. Talk about anything football. Just about anything you want. I'm all about it, man. Oh, Josh from Ash did bring up my real ice up pick was going to be that kid that ate it. Have you seen the Buffalo Bills fan who did no, the dive? I on? I'm going to send you guys the best worst video ever. And it is awesome. <laughs> I see it. All right, and, uh, so you can follow Cody 
uh, on Twitter, he likes to talk <laughs> everything, including politics. Nah. Sometimes, Sometimes. yeah. I mean, Sometimes. I, 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 I've been known to dabble. And if you're easily offended <laughs> or pissed off, dude, come at me, bro. Or maybe I'm not the profile for you, but yeah. I have an, I'll have an intelligent discussion with anyone if they're willing to have it. CK, we had a blast at the game, man. I can't wait to do it again, and we need to get him some followers. CK, how can they follow you on Twitter? It's going to be at Codizzle, just as you would imagine. And then Allen, A L L E N. Like Kyle. All right. Like I'm putting it in the chat room. Go follow CK and Greg. What can they do to find you on the internets? Uh, well, first of all, I'll say, like Cody, man, if you have a problem with somebody different from your opinion, then go, go grow some balls, man. Yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> It, it takes courage and intelligence to hear somebody else's opinion that disagrees with you and not get pissed off about it. So if you get pissed off about it, you're probably not very smart. Yeah. So, you know. And you should always be open to the fact that maybe you're, you're not wrong. correct. Exactly. A hundred percent. But you, you can find me at the bad daddy 52 on Twitter. You can also find my other show at the SCS podcast one on Twitter. Uh, we are doing star Wars centric for the next few weeks. Uh, New Hope coming up Friday. Email for any questions for anything you want to. Doesn't to be Star Wars, but anything you want to do in the fantasy genre. So, uh, but yeah, go Panthers. Keep pounding. All right, that's the C3 Panthers podcast. We'll see you after the game on Sunday. Early show for us, guys, Sunday. Early game for us. And also, if you're still listening, don't forget, I'm going to be dropping bonus podcasts with some beat reporters this week on Thursday. You guys have a great night. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.